I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're gay. And his NB. Episode 48. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB. We are so excited to be bringing you all of our thoughts on everything that we have been watching this week for this great 48th episode. Before we get into anything, though, we have a quick uh, bit of housekeeping that we always do to get out of the way. First of all, if you're listening to us, please leave a rating or a review, uh, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to us. It is so, so helpful to us when you do that because it helps us get into the algorithm even further. It helps us get seen by more people and and grow ourselves. So we're very thankful whenever you leave a rating or a review. We are also very thankful whenever you follow us across our social media platforms, whether that be on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or Threads. Um, we are posting new content all the time over there, including um, new uh, podcast clips uh, that you can check out, and also um, just our thoughts on things as we're watching them. I've been it's been fun having you know live tweeting a little bit and sort of like you know getting our immediate thoughts out there and and posting funny memes and and all that fun stuff. There was a lot of great t- uh, stuff this week uh, that we'll get into that we were originally posting over on uh, particularly Twitter. Um, so go follow us over there and uh, enjoy our content before you listen to the podcast. Uh, you can also uh, wear merchandise from us over at agamethismb.threadless.com. There are seven great designs uh, that you can get on a variety of, di- of different items, including T-shirts and mugs and uh, stickers and various other items that um, you know run the gamut. So uh, we are so appreciative if you go over there to agamethismb.threadless.com and purchase something. Um, we are also thankful if you have any questions for us that you can submit to us uh, across platforms that we mentioned before or at againismb at gmail.com. Um, questions that you would like us to answer on a future episode of, of the podcast. Also, just um, thoughts on uh, what you're enjoying, what you think we should change. Uh, we are going into like very long episodes as of late. There's a lot of content that we're talking about. Um, we personally really enjoy it. Um, for those that are particularly listening to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, you may not know this, but if you scroll to the bottom of whatever episode, we uh, annotate uh, basically all the sections and chapters. So if you're like, oh my God, this podcast is really long, um, but I did really want to hear about this particular you know, show that they're talking about, you can go down to the annotations and just go straight to those. We have them perfectly neat out for you. And so that's how we really like giving these episodes out to you. But if you think, oh, you should do more shorter episodes, if you, you know, we're, we're, we're genuinely curious how you consume us and 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 prefer to consume us that's a weird way to put that but you know <laughs> what i mean um but uh yeah so if you have any thoughts you can send that to us across social media or at again is mb at gmail.com um before uh now oh, excuse me now with that out of the way what are we talking about this week babe there is so much on our plate this week and we are so excited about it well We are going to talk um, about the ladies from New York um, heading to, where is it they're heading to? Oh, Anguilla? 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 Yeah, there. Um, They're going there. Um, And we got a lot to say on that episode. We got a lot to say. We got a lot to say on every episode. We've been been way too nice to you New York girls, and you've been testing our patience this episode. I'll say that. Um, we also have the uh, premiere of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Very excited about Season that. Season four, excited. And that episode started off with a bang, um, if I do say so myself. Um, and then we uh, have Real Housewives of Orange County. 
uh, got more continuing to give us good episodes every damn week. It's a good. It's been a good week for shows, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, speaking of good week for shows, <laughs> let's talk before we get to any of those other cities. Let's talk about part one of the finale of Real Housewives of Atlanta. The reunion. Um, yeah. So I'll say this: uh, if you've been following us on Twitter. Um, we did have some thoughts watching the reunion live. I will encourage people to watch the extended version, go, which is one, uncensored, which we love. Two, it's like an extra, like, I think like 10, 15 minutes, I want to say. Yeah. It was much better. Yeah. They, they, it was just something the way they edited it for like the television version. It was so choppy and like, very it, hard to follow. Well, it was moving so fast. I I was telling you when we were watching it, I almost felt a breeze yeah. coming from the TV with as fast, not that the breeze was not unwelcomed because it was warm. Sure. But, um, you know, living in the Northeast, the houses don't come with air conditioning. We're used to Texas. <laughs> Everything has an air conditioner. It was supposed to not be hot up here. It was supposed to not be hot up here. PGH, I have a problem. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, but, but I felt the breeze because we were moving so fast through the content. And it was like, I don't know what's happening right I, now. And I think because we were, uh, there was a lot of discussion about, oh, God, it's only two episodes of a reunion. It's only two parts. Like, the fact that it was edited like that, I was like, oh, they're just going by. They, they do not care. It, it made it feel like as if it was a formality. Yeah. And like when you watch the extended version, it is much better. It is much more clear and concise. And I, here's the thing. I like that they're doing the extended versions of reunions now on Peacock after how successful the Vanderpump one was like, but you, the, the live one also needs to be good. Like right, you can't be, like, because if the one that's on TV is bad, I'm not going to watch an extended version of it. Right. 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 Yeah. We were, I was like, Oh God, is this better or worse than the Jersey reunion that we really didn't? Like? Oh Jesus Christ. I think the Jersey it's one is still better than that. I think the Jersey one is still worse. The Jersey ones. The issue was Jersey, the cast <laughs> and Jersey, <laughs> but this was, this was like in their control and like, they just kind of fucked it up in the, yeah. it's like I said, much better when you watch the full version. Um, the, uh, starting off, we don't get much from like their sort of like when they're glamming up that like, that was the other thing, like on the episodes, like they went by that real fast and we, it was just like, yeah. you know, no, like to do's about it. Just like, you know, no foreplay. Yeah, exactly. Just stuck it in. But we do see Andy. Andy was, Andy, Andy was a lot this episode. Um, yeah. th- going all Zen mode and cause it's all the healing sound bath style of the healing. set. Healing, um, as Sherry Redfield would say. Um, I like the set. It was pretty, it was pretty, pretty, um, pretty, pretty. Um, the only other thing I noticed on the rewatch though, um, cause they're just like going in their dressing rooms. So Marlo put up, um, on, on like a chalkboard. I don't know if it was a chalkboard that was already there or if she brought it, but like she brought, put up her affirmations. She called it, it said iconic ex-con affirmations. Cause that's what like trying to, she's still very triggered by that comment from Kenya. She says, I am light. I am love. And then there's a bull. It's like bullet points as stars. And one that says, uh, Kenya more is Kenya less with like three down arrows. Okay. Um, and then Candy is old news underlined. It's like this. I did not like Marlo this episode. I mean, I haven't really liked her this season. season. I was, yeah. <laughs> but like, I think it's just, 
she's so triggered by them. Yeah. And the thing with Candy and Mar- and Kenya, I think that I've really sided with them this season is that Marlo's been coming at them with bullshit and they kind of just don't care at this point. Yeah. To where it co- it makes you seem so much better at the end of the day. Yeah. That you're not so triggered. I know that word gets overused, but like yeah. It just yeah. And we'll see it throughout with with Marlo this episode. So they all come out. We start things off. Andy goes through everybody. Andy oh, says, except Drew. Drew doesn't come out. <laughs> <Ba-doom>. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. Andy says to uh, Candy, I'm glad you weren't too booked and busy to join us today. And I love Kenya with the coming and going. Yeah, she slipped you guys in. <laughs> like, and then Andy said something about, uh, I'm pretty sure that we cleared this date with Don Juan quite a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Andy tells Sheree that she looks quite refreshed, which is a, I, That's such a shady way to say you got work done. Yeah, I, I, there's been a lot of dialogue too, especially on Watch What Happens Live, of people being like, "Okay, Andy needs to stop asking questions about work and and you know, aren't we? It's 2023. I'm like, but it's Housewives. Like, okay. I don't mind it. There is no problem with asking or saying you got work. It is when there is then shame applied to someone for getting work exactly. done. There's no and, shame in the game. And by the anybody who is sitting there and denying that they got work done like, is inherently assigning shame to getting work done. Like Sheree? Yes, like Sheree. Oh, but she just had a breathing issue. <laughs> uh-huh. She had a breathing issue, so she got her nose tweaked. As she said. I'm like, okay. She had a breathing issue on her non-crooked nose. So you're, so you're Jax Taylor? Is this what's happening? Like, you can literally look and see a deviated septum from the outside, and she didn't have one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the oldest excuse in the book. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Marlo goes, I'm trying to, or Andy says Marlo looks nice. And Marlo's like, I'm trying to get more into sample sizes. And Andy goes, and how are we doing that? And Marlo goes, what everyone else is doing, the shots. And so you, it's Ozempic. So you was like, I was confused by that. Cause I, there's all that, like Sherry keeps making that comment all through the season of squats, not shots or whatever. But like, I thought Ozempic was a pill. Is not. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that it's a shot. I can look, though. Double check. <laughs> yeah, nope, it's an injection. Oh, okay. Yeah, it comes in um, half a milligram, a milligram, or two milligram shots. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, okay, so, uh, again, in that case, I guess she's admitting to it, but, you know, fine. Uh, Ken- but, I mean, it's not just Ozempic. There's other ones on the market that are the same thing. Sure. Kenya uh, gets praised for her underboob because uh, it's... It's an interesting cutout. I, I wish, I don't mind underboob. I just, and even in this look, I just wish the top, like, there's something weird about the cut of the top that I didn't mm-hmm. love. Um, well, unfortunately, the way that the, the top is cut, it puts more of a sideways orientation mm-hmm. to her. And so it, and then you add all that fuzziness on her arms and it doesn't help. So it makes her look really wide when sure. she's not. No, no. Not that there's anything wrong with being wide. I'm as wide as a double wide trailer. Yeah. So like I get it, but like she's not and like you dress to fit your body and that doesn't. I think it's a uh, a situation where it looked good standing up and not sitting down. It does look better standing up, but from from photos. And that is a an age old pitfall of housewives. Yeah. Dress for sitting down. That's I mean it's literally it's where you're gonna 
be seen most of the Manetta time. Manetta had the opposite issue where she dressed for sitting down and looks awful standing up. Yeah. The corset looks great. The pants with it are bad. Yeah. They needed to be darker than they were. I well, think, and I think it issue. was an issue to go so understa- understated in the pant department, at least, right. when everyone is going so ornate. Yeah. For the or, most if, part. or if they hadn't had that weird sleeve detail and instead put a jacket over it, like a blazer, yes. that would have looked so chic. That would have been cute. Um, I really like, I think Drew, I kind of think Drew was best dressed. In, uh, probably, yeah. Uh, they talked to Drew and, and Andy's like, you know, obviously we'll be getting into all the stuff with you and Ralph and stuff like that. Drew does confirm that her and Ralph are still living in the same house. Which, like, Absolutely not. Not with the way they're going at each other on Twitter right now. <laughs> How are they going to be tweeting at each other from opposite from across sides the of the room. house? <laughs> I mean, he's already been willing to move into a different room, so it's fine. Yeah, I guess. Um, Sonya is due. We found out Sonya is due on Christmas Day. Um, she's four months at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that ma- math. Uh, Andy going, going to be a busy Christmas for Dr. Jackie. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, Sheree. Okay, so now we go to Sheree's segment to start it off. We talk. Uh, Annie first starts asking about Bob and the, bringing the daughter to the sip and see. Um, Sheree's like, you know, it, it was the first I ever heard of it. She says they hadn't even taken a blood test, apparently, like from what she understands. Like, so it's like there's like, it's like we think it's her, his daughter, but. He knew about her before he got with Sheree. Yeah, I, I think you were saying, I think there's more. It, he, she had been around, I think, for a good bit to where it's not just some yeah. fly by night coming in. Annie asked why Cairo and Callie didn't tell her, and she goes, "I guess they probably didn't. Uh, they probably knew I didn't give a shit. I don't know. It's like, nah, they don't fuck with you. They showed up on the show to get a paycheck. Yeah. Um. She's like, we're divorced, you know, whatever, you know, you know, and you know, they talk about like, you know, yeah, it was kind of fucked up for him to like bring her out to that event that it was yeah. a shitty thing to do. Marla makes a comment of it on the extended version. She says that she goes, I'm so mad. I missed that. Cause she was at a funeral or whatever. It was so beautiful. I thought it was the finale. It should have been Marlo. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, like we were saying before, she's so pressed. Yeah. Like, and so it's like, I think there's a lot of people that feel as though Marlo at least tr- is trying to fill that Nini role mm-hmm. on the show. But when Nini would make digs, there was a carelessness to it. Like, yeah. in the sense that, like, she didn't give a shit. Yeah. There was not, like, you know, at, 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 as far as at Nini's heyday, there were definitely yeah. seasons where she was a little more pressed. But, like, you can't, like, it, it's way too forced to me. Yeah. Marlo is delivering things like she's still trying to have plausible deniability as to whether they were shady or not. Yeah. It, well, and she says a lot of shit under her breath to yeah. this reunion. Well, but you'll notice the the comment of yeah, that should have been the finale, is technically innocuous. Yeah, until you put more context on it, which she can deny she meant. She doesn't stand in her truth well at all, at all. And you were getting annoyed also with her the way she would just like when people would be bringing up facts and bringing up sort of accusations or whatever the they're like oh i know oh yeah uh, the it's same like, way that you like it's coddle I, a child who is like it, it's so i hate it on these shows it's so condescending and like i just i i it's the ultimate karen behavior if you want to shade someone if if they're being shady come back with shade like match it 
Don't right. like do this whole like oh I'm better than this like sort of shtick. Because like, if you're better than this, then take your ass somewhere else. You don't have to be here. Yeah. Go the fuck home. We don't want you on the show anyway. Yeah. Kenya gets asked about um you know you you had made comments about Bob and Martel being very similar and mm, stuff like that mm-hmm. and I like that I I agree with what she said she's like you know I feel like you know from what I've seen of them you know I feel like they're kind of cut from the same cloth she calls them womanizers which accurate is not wrong like bob is very much like you know i think you i think people attributed kenya's comments a lot to like abuse and like that you know and you know i think she kind of lent that way to a certain extent and there is a certain amount of abuse right emotional abuse is still abuse correct but it's not like he was putting her his hands on her very often apparently he did choke her at one point well in bob's case right but like like with Martel, I don't think he's physically abused right. her in the way Bob did. But, like, he did clearly, I mean, we know from him, not just on this season, but, like, on his show, he doesn't care about women. He doesn't treat women right. properly. You know, like. Like, he clearly treats Sheree like she's disposable. Clearly. I don't watch Love and Marriage, but, like, <laughs> the, 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 I guess the mid-season trailer or whatever came out for that show, and everyone's like, where the hell's Sheree? He's with, like, some other woman. He goes through women like a teenager goes through Kleenex. Yeah. For the same reason. Uh, um, Andy uh, asked a question about, um, so on Speak On It, you, Candy and Drew, you spoke about Sheree basically giving Drew's face, and Candy was like, it was from a specific picture that was going around. Where she- I was all I was expecting it to be that the the uh, oh. picture from the confessional where she's all bloated right sure. after immediately right after. But she then had that would have been extra shady. But that's the one where she most looked like Drew. And that other picture, she barely looked like Drew. She kind of did a little. She bit. still looks like her because she clearly snatched her face. But like. Yeah. And he goes, well, it's a compliment. And Sheree goes, if I was Drew, I would have been insulted. That was one of my worst pictures. <laughs> Girl. Sheree. <laughs> watching it back, Sheree had some funny moments, even though she is completely delusional. Completely delusional. <laughs> um, but she's always been delusional. So, like, I guess that's just Sheree. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I, like, that's the appeal of Sheree is that she's delusional. I just don't like when she is a lead. And we have to indulge the delusions as if they're right. at, in any way possibly valid. Um, <laughs> and he asked a question from Leah from New Haven, Connecticut. Sheree, you say Martel has big dick energy, but do you mind that he's still spreading that big dick all over Huntsville, Alabama? <laughs> Sheree claims that she's pulled back on their relationship because she's got, she, she was speaking like really vague about like, you know, I you know we, we've been caught in I've been caught in his mess you know there there was a lot of noise it was just a lot of noise and then Kenya just straight goes did you hear about the revenge porn <laughs> she didn't want spe- she didn't want the specifics out there no she didn't and I appreciated Kenya for just being like if we're gonna talk let's talk <laughs> Sheree's like I don't know if it's accurate and I guess there was a big thing about like he was good blackmailing his ex wife or whatever with revenge porn or something so yeah that's yeah <laughs> it speaks to what Kenya said earlier. Yeah. Um, Kenya is asked again about why she waited with the Martel DM telling Sheree. She's basically like, I didn't know they were official, and I felt there was no reason to really bring it up until I like. So like, tired. It's like, just, <laughs> yeah, and they they get into it again about like you know, and Sheree gets asked about like you know, you keep saying that Kenya doesn't have a man. She's like, I was saying it in reference to her like saying like I didn't have a man to defend myself against Martel. Like, bring a man next time. 
And then they start. So she's just supposed to bring some random man in off the street. But then you get. But then if it's a random man off the street, then you shit on her that he's a rent a boyfriend or whatever. Right. So um, they get at it. I didn't really care about this fight, to be honest, um, yeah. that much. Um, Annie tells Kenya, please tell me your divorce is final, by the way. And Kenya's like, yeah, no. It's not. She's it's like, still not. No, still not to this point. Kenya then brings up that he recently filed contempt charges against her. And Annie's like, for what? And Annie's like, or Kenya's like, you know, he's claiming that I was preventing him from seeing Brooklyn. And then, like, he also cited the scene with Marlo where she's kicking the door with Brooklyn inside and he's using it in the contempt it's listed in the contempt filing annie then asked marlo what was your reaction when you saw that saw that mark did that marlo goes i felt awful i apologize for brooklyn being in our bullshit and then kenya goes i'm sorry what and marlo goes i apologize for her being in our bullshit i hate that she was even there it's so like backhanded and like oh, yeah ridiculous and then i can you like i don't understand what the fuck you're saying and annie goes i think she's trying to apologize i'm like no she's not like don't help yeah well maybe she's trying but she's failing she's like, not trying well no that's yeah it's like to make it she's trying to pin it as like oh kenya put brooklyn in that situation Ken, right it's like you and marlo also tries to claim that she didn't know that brooklyn was there which is bullshit yeah i said it during the episode monetta and kenya were with brooklyn like there's no way they didn't know that brooklyn was there yeah they knew brooklyn was there it's bullshit kenya um <laughs> Then Ken's like, or Ken, Ken, Kenya's like, Marlo has now gotten herself involved with this. So I'm serving you with the subpoena and then pulls it out. And it's like a big like cliffhanger moment of the subpoena. It is kind of, it kind of does fall a little flat because Annie has to be like, so this is blank. <laughs> like this whole front page is blank. And Kenya's like, oh, they printed the wrong one. Shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which she then clarified on, but like. She posted the full Everyone thing on, acting like it was fake is bullshit. Like, come on. Well, here's the thing. Like, so the other issue I think people had that I saw was that there's a big reliance on at least this episode on, on um, props and, re- oh, and, and receipts. Um, this, I mean, obviously this one kind of fell flat. I did think it was a little too much at a certain point where like everyone had like, well, I mean, if you five don't different things to pull out. Sure. But if you don't fuck with this person and you know, you're going to see them here, you might as well bring it out on camera. Right. But also. Can Kenya serve Marlo a subpoena? Yeah, it doesn't have to be a court official to serve her. She just needs to be handed the paperwork and made a f- made aware uh, yeah. of it. I guess. Yeah. Um, Kenya is like, you'll be held in contempt, and you know what? You'll go back to jail. <laughs> Which I love that. And then Marlo goes, "Are you going to send me canteen?" Which everyone kind of laughed at. I thought that was funny. That was the few times I I was like, okay, Marlo. Um, Kenya brings up also that it was revealed to her that. And I was so glad they talked about this, that Marlo was texting and calling Mark two years ago. Mm-hmm. And then she basically had subpoenaed Mark's phone records in the divorce and found out that th- there were um, phone conversations and text messages. They don't know what's on them because you can't actually, you can just see who called who, whatever, but you can't see the contents of it. Um, which Marlo's like, I don't remember that. <laughs> which like, when you, anyone says, I don't remember. Right. It's like, yeah. Um, Kenya is like Mark also told me that Mar- Marlo was asking for information that that's what it was based on like that that comes straight from Mark and like if Mark is telling her that like why would it not be true because like what is like to me like Mark would would have it would have been better for Mark to basically say like yeah she you know it was innocuous or whatever um, and then Kenya also says that another ex-housewife was talking about that he would 
she was at his restaurants at one point, you know, and so Kenya is basically like, so this is where, this is where the roadblock comes from. Right. This is why I don't play with this bitch. Like, like I don't fuck with her and I don't blame her at the end of the day. I, she didn't bring it up, but there was that story that she told on the after show about how on the bus ride to Birmingham that, um, there was an issue where Brooklyn, uh, her opoir or whatever, didn't pick her up. Um, something and the school was calling and she you know Kenya was like scrambling to get somebody to pick her up and like she was like mad at the applaud and was telling people about it and then at a separate event Marlo went up to Kenya's assistant thinking it was her applaud to like basically say like Kenya saying blah 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 and her assistant took it back to Kenya mm-hmm. and it's like clear like even if, it's it's stalker behavior well it didn't matter if you if who she thought she was talking to she knew that that person was connected to Kenya. Why would she not then think yeah. that that would get back to Kenya? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. What's I, not clicking? What's not clicking? A lot, apparently. Um, Andy asked Sheree um, about her birthday. So let's get into the birthday and like who paid the bill, that whole drama. Ugh. <laughs> this was so funny. Sheree goes, if I decide to throw something for my birthday and I'm inviting some of my friends, you know, Martel was an invited guest, and Andy, like, finishes her sentence and goes, you would take care of it. And Trey goes, me? <laughs> and Andy's like, well, I thought that's how you would finish the sentence. Like, yeah, you would pay for it. Like, what? <laughs> like, and everyone just starts laughing. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's a thing um, that usually you don't pay for your own birthday dinner, but I would think if you are inviting people out, you are planning to pay. Yeah. Exactly. Why else? Like, it, it, yeah. how are you going to invite someone else to spend their money? Yeah. Andy, Andy says, you have a very interesting relationship with bills. And then Candy's laugh. <laughs> Sheree asks, you know, you know, you know, can Candy and Drew name any of these bills that I, that I haven't paid? And then Drew's like, well, how about my party last year? Where? <laughs> and Andy's like, oh, the balloons. And then he goes like, I'll Venmo, I'll Venmo you the thing. I'll take care of my girl. <laughs> And you can tell Andy loves Sheree, but Andy knows she's delusional, like to a certain extent. Like I, that's where I'm like, okay, I can understand the reports being like Sheree might stay because I feel like Andy might advocate for her to stay. Yeah. Um, Sheree goes, no one's ever taken me to court and said that I haven't that I haven't paid a bill, honey, or tried to sue me for stealing an idea. An idea. Hey, Johnny, referencing candy's old thing yeah, that got brought yeah, up when yeah. he linked up with phaedra and stuff like that candy's like you know damn good and well the restaurant is based on my aunts he didn't create the idea for a restaurant based on my aunts that's stupid and sure goes now let's not talk about you not paying or, or no candy goes now let's not talk about you paying the guy with the fashions and that's why it's not on the website and cherry goes i love it honey and then tr- brings out this receipt of this like uh, instagram comment who of this woman who says Basically saying, Sheree paid me and I paid him for the person who provided the fashions or whatever. Now, since this episode is aired, that guy has come back out on Instagram and basically been like, no, Sheree's full shit. Like, and also went on, like, podcasts and essentially been like, you know, you, like, you're, basically you're a scammer. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know how else you put it when it's, like, that egregious of you not paying people. And it's been since season one. Yeah. Sure. It, it, it's, it, it's really bad if it wasn't so funny. Candy goes, those fashions on your runway, half of them are not on your site. And Sheree goes, so what? 
So what? Yeah, that that's how you gonna have a fashion show with no fashions a couple seasons ago, and then you have a fashion website with no fashions. There you go. Seems like you just have no fashions. It's nothing by Sheree. Sheree goes, "Why are you bother by she by Sheree? Go mop up those nasty ass floors in your restaurant. They're greasy." <laughs> and then this is where Sheree and Candy. This was again. This was funnier on the rewatch. Only because it wasn't so cut up to where I was. It yeah. was just too much overload in the main episode. This you could actually hear what like they were like the and it was it was some, hilarious. Some of these lines. Uh, Candy goes, "Worry about your damn dry ass new face, whatever you got going on." Sheree Sh- stands up. Then it's like, "I'm gonna stand up and show you everything, so I can show you the body and the face, bitch. You could never." <laughs> I mean. And then Candy kind of Candy kind of slips up because she Candy Candy can get out what Sheree's like thing about the whole squats not shots thing. She goes, "You want to talk about butts not shots not what wh- whatever it is. You put all the shots in your face. <laughs> you had your whole face swole up on the TV looking crazy." And then Sheree goes, "What the hell do I look, bitch?" And she says it like it's one one word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fucking funny. And I love Candy goes, "You look much better." <laughs> Now, like <laughs> it, it was a jump scare when she popped up on that confessional. Yeah, and then Trey goes, "Big face, small face. You can't step to it, honey." And Candy goes, "You a low down, dirty, nothing ass bitch." Oh, Later, Andy goes, "What? Do you, why do you keep saying big face, little face? Like, what does that mean?" <laughs> Sheree's like, Candy, you've had your body done four times. Candy's like, I have not had my body done four times. And Sheree goes, was it three? <laughs> like, actually, like, are you negotiating? Like, what? <laughs> What's happening here? Candy says, you had nose jobs multiple times before we even met you on this season that was a nose job. And Sheree's like, no, it wasn't. No, that, I've only had the one nose job at the end. And Sheree, even Kenya goes, Sheree, come on. <laughs> we've seen season one. Season one and season now is not the same season. And then Sheree knows. You know what I mean. Yeah. And then Sheree goes, I never told you I had a nose job. Are you kidding me? That's not what Candy said. <laughs> yeah. Nobody said anything about what you said. It was more that it was plainly obvious that it was a different nose. It's plain as the nose on your face. Yeah. So then they get back. It goes back from now the face stuff to the business conversation. Um, Sheree's telling Candy, like, focus on your own businesses. And Candy goes, I do. Sheree then goes, obviously you don't because you keep having shootings, which I was like, oh, my God. Like, it, it, it's really kind of fucked up that this keeps getting mentioned in that way, like, so glibly. Because it's like, one of the victims was Melvin. Melvin was shot. That's her cousin. Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of a rude thing to say. Like, you, out of context of this show, to make that comment to someone whose family member was shot is like kind of messed up and what's even more messed up is that sonya chuckles when sheree says this and it's like sonya you're really not proving your point that you're going to try to make later in the episode the few times you talk also trying to disparage and like this goes back into that the same comment that uh courtney had said before about you know, the people that... Oh, uh, the culture Candy, she creates or the whatever. quote-unquote culture she creates and the fact that all of the people she brings are quote-unquote ghetto. It's anti-black. Yeah, it it's is. It's fucked up. Like, and the fact that that entire side of the couch just thinks that blaming a black woman for having a business that has a shooting at it, yeah. like, come on. You, there's no way you don't see that connection. Yeah, it's messed up. So then Sheree, then this is the big, th- I really hope, well, 
I hope this wasn't the big thing Andy was claiming was like the big, like, oh my God, I've never seen this on a reunion or whatever. I think it's the text messages we're getting in part two. I hope so. She brings out She News, which, which is, <laughs> and Drew goes, not, she says not pamphlets, but she doesn't, she, says, she doesn't say it correctly. She goes, not pamphlets. <laughs> pamphlets. Uh, Candy, but then Candy immediately claps back and goes, I wish you would print some fashions. <laughs> you had all this time to print this fucking thing. Um, they, they, they're so much yelling at each other across talk that Andy tries to like do like the like sound bath like thing to get them together. And then he has to literally get up and hit the gong that's in the back to shut them up. <laughs> well, they didn't even stop when he hit the gong. They just slowed down. Yeah. And so Sheree basically prints up this like six page thing about like, it's just like rev- negative reviews about Candy's restaurant and then stuff from her, sh- her store tags that was on like Alibaba or whatever that's like been marked up or whatever on prices when it's in, at tags or whatever. Candy goes, <laughs> no, Kenya goes, am I in here? And, she, and they're like, no. And she goes, damn, this is trash. And she makes uh, Andy laugh. And then Kenya goes, Sheree, why didn't you put me on the cover? And then Sheree goes, I thought about it. I couldn't find a great picture at first. And everyone's like, oh, shit. And and Sherry goes, no, 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 there's so many. There's so many, Kenya. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was... <laughs> uh-huh. Look, if you had spent the, the same time of time and energy uh, on your damn website and on your damn fashions as you do on this goddamn pamphlet, yeah. uh, you may have an actual website that works and is worth a damn. Well, Candy also brings up, like, to use the whole, like, tags thing. It's like... I'm not claiming to be a fashion designer. You are. It's just a retail store. It's a retail store that sells things from other companies. That's not the same thing. Um, The girls all say that they did get the stuff that they ordered, though, in Portugal from the website and stuff like that. Um, (laughs) Andy asked Sheree if she's turned a profit yet on She Buys Sheree. And and Sheree goes, Andy, you know I've been working on this for so many years. The the amount of time Sheree cannot answer a question... (laughs) And like, what is that? How does that answer anything? Also, great. You've been working on it for many years, so it should be paying for itself by now, right? Exactly, right? It's like, come on. Uh, Sheree uh, then gets another prop out. She gives Drew a bag because she had said she didn't get a bag from last season's reunion or whatever. And there's a clapper in it that the like the movie clapper, whatever that says and scene. Okay, fine. (laughs) It's a little again. I don't know if it was needed. Uh, Candy Lear goes, who's been helping you with these reads this year? <laughs> oh, God. Um, so we can go to Drew. Maybe, you know, if this is the, the quality of writing that we have going on, maybe the writers don't need to be. I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, we support the writer strike. These are not those writers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the topic of the movie comes up with Drew. Drew says that, you know, it was really great, you know, getting to shoot. It, you know, it was a lot of work. It was top tier. Marlo, under her breath, goes, they pay top tier. And then Sheree later, later goes, I heard she got a, like $10,000 for all that work, which I didn't think was bad. It's an independent movie. And it, 10 it, days of work, I mean, $1,000 a day, I'd, I'd like $1,000 a day. Sure. And, and, you're clear, and it's also going to be on Peacock. So, well, no, you're not getting residuals, actually. Not on streaming. Yeah, that's the whole reason we have this uh-huh. strike. Never mind. Forget what I just said. Um, Andy asked how Candy felt hearing Drew's comment about like, I'm only going to be working lifetime after this. And she's like, yeah, I didn't like that. And Drew's like, look, I came below what I would usually get paid you because I'm union, you know, to do this movie. Um, Kenya, uh, gets asked about 
the tweet that she made about that she was upset that Drew was like shading her acting career and like, you know, is it hypocritical because you made the comment about low budget Beyonce blow video, et cetera. Kenya's like, I had felt at the time that I was shading her production. I wasn't shading her. Like, it, it, and I had been said, like, you know, with the whole woo 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 moment, like, I wanted to hear more from Drew because she's talented. Yeah. Like, makes the, tries to make the differential. And it's more I just. Do, to, I do think there is a differential, but I think that it's pretty nuanced. No, and then we said at the time, like, Kenya can't. It's a, it's a little hypocritical yeah. for Kenya to say that. Marlo goes gaslighting just like Ralph. That was low. But also, but also as she's but saying that. But Mar do be low. But also so. as she's saying that under her breath, Kenya's apologizing. I mean, like, yeah, I'm sorry for making that comment. Which and is something that Ralph never did. Yeah, exactly. And, and the fact that Kenya's willing to apologize. Also, yeah. Like, yeah. Candy reiterates that she was mad when Drew uh, implied that she made up the rumors to promote the movie. Thought that it was fucked up. Uh, so then we get to this discussion about the kiss again, right? With the uh. Drew's like, you know, well, then why didn't you say on the after show, uh, you know, uh, when it happened, like if I misread the situation, I was wrong. And Candy's like, I was trying to be a friend to you, like, and to Latoya, like, because if you guys were being so fucking adamant, like, it's not that crazy to then be like, you know, to relent or whatever. But like, to use that as if I'm lying is bullshit. And then to double down and call her a liar later is the whole reason that she came after y'all. Yeah, Andy asked Candy if there's a chance that she saw it wrong. Candy's like, No, I definitely saw it. Um, Sonya Sonya says her first word in like 20 minutes yeah <laughs> and says like it seems like Latoya is the only one that keeps changing though which I agree like yeah you know and Drew goes girl that was candy coated lies to, to Candy you know I was actually initially told just go along with it you know blah 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 something about like she was saying it in reference to like you know Candy's followers her 10 million it's like I get Candy's like super popular and probably the most popular on this show but it's like you're all on a very popular reality show. I don't get this idea that Candy has this army, right? Yeah, she's... More than anyone else on this show. Well, and it, what, what is frustrating is that she, Drew has gone from, no, that's not what happened, Yeah. to you are lying in order to promote this movie that didn't exist at the time of the thing. Right. Um, and now she is going from all of that to... I was, tr she tried to strong arm me mm. into going along with it. And that puts intent on it in a way that's not great. It goes from a mistake to a lie to coercion. Right. And that's, that's fucked up. Yeah. Candy goes, I had no reason to make her say that about you, you lying asshole. Um, Drew, uh, or Candy's basically, Candy's like, I saw it. Kenya saw it. Marlo, did you see it or did you not see it? And Marlo does the whole, like, I saw 80% thing that she said before. Which, is which like, this is the only time that I think that Marlo is, like, being fair. Like, if she didn't actually see their lips connect, I understand why she's saying, this is what I saw. It implies to me that that is what happened. Yeah, she gets up in Sheree's face and like she would. We were this close. They were this close to each Literally, other. Literally, if they if the two of them had puckered, they would have been touching lips. And, and when she says this, Drew goes, "Oh, so we were talking, bitch? What? <laughs> you know, when you talk like you know a centimeter from someone's face. Would you talk to somebody if you could taste what they had for lunch? You're too close. Yeah." It's that, it's that Dorit comment to Lisa Marina. If I can smell your breath, you're too close. <laughs> yes. Uh, Drew brings up uh, uh, that Candy basically told her that, uh, or what? Uh, I can't even remember. Oh, she, oh, this is what it was. 
Kim, Drew's was saying like you know even on the after show like you were saying that you didn't believe you know most of the things that I said, Candy, inclu- you know including my sister's mental illness and all that. Um, and Candy's like, because you lied in the past. And the right side of the couch, all like Sonya, Marlo, and Sherry go, yeah, Drew, you lie a lot. <laughs> like they're all just in unison being like, which like they're they're just the pips. Whoever they need to go after, they at go the time, after. they go after. And whoever they need to, like, have on their side from the other cows they're right. aligned with at the time, yeah. Um, Drew just keeps going, where was the lie? Where And and I do, I wish Candy would have specifically named it, because she kept saying, just like, you've been lying, blah, 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 whatever. And, can't, and Drew keeps going, where was the lie? What was the lie that I said? And she goes, just because people say it doesn't mean it's true. They haven't been able to rewind tape about me lying. And I'm like, well at the point in which you're filming this reunion, because it wasn't until afterwards they started playing that lie of her at the, for her first reunion going, I've kissed a woman before. And then her this season going, I've never kissed a woman. It wasn't until the tail end. Yeah. So, you know, um, Candy goes all this time we've been sitting here. And this is kind of, a lot of people were kind of upset with this. Candy goes all this time. We've been sitting here saying that you've been gaslighted by Ralph. Well, by the way, you just sat here and lied in this damn chair. I for sure feel like you've been gaslighting him. And I get it. Yeah. Like, Candy feels like she's being lied upon to right. where, like, I get that that's what she's, I guess what the, that's what she means. But I under, also understand people being like, okay, but Ralph is clearly abusive. And I don't think, I think the issue is, as much as we see it on the show, I don't think there's an acknowledgement from the rest of the cast that Ralph is abusive. Yeah. No one has been, other than Kenya. Kenya's right. the only one who spoke up last season at that dinner, right? Yeah. Like, other than that, they kind of just act as though Ralph's just another house husband. And I'm like, no, he's actually really fucking abusive to her. Yeah. Uh, I think part of the issue is that Candy is saying you're different on camera than you are behind the scenes, which is what you're claiming that Ralph has done. So if he's that way and you're that way, then... I can't trust anything that you've told me. Yeah, yeah, I can't trust that we're friends. I can't trust that he's treated you the way that you've said because you've put everything you've said into question. You have now made yourself an unreliable witness to your own abuse. Right. And we've said it on this podcast. Like, it doesn't help Drew's case. No, it even doesn't. Even though we want to be on her side. Right. And I, I do believe her. I just also understand where Candy's coming from. And there's no... And, like... The, there's no such thing as like a perfect victim, that right. sort of whole thing. So that's part of it. And I also think a lot of Drew's lies are to like in protect like, protect him. Yeah, in the same way that we t- I think we mentioned it last week that Ariana, like in the same way right. she protected Sandoval in many ways. Right. Well, and that's that's your instinct, right? Is yeah. to you protect your life partner, you protect your husband. You know, like sure, like when it's first starting your initial instinct is, oh, well, this is a change. This is this is not him. So this doesn't need to get out. It's fine. It's not that big of a deal. We'll just hide it. We'll just sweep it under the rug. It'll right. get better. But there's also some, with being on a reality show, it's like the cameras are there. The cameras right. pick up what they see, which is also why, like, remember when Courtney on the speak on it was like, you know, she put him in situations to where it made him look, I'm like, she didn't make him make those things come out of his mouth. Right. That he is that like there's I, I do not buy that. Cue blame it on the edit by RuPaul. Yeah. They're divorced <laughs> and they're divorced. Well, not they're div- getting divorced. And like he's tweeting shit now yeah. that is like real fucking fucked up. And that's not on Drew. Yeah. You know. 
Andy then tries to move on and asks Drew, so how is the song? And then Drew's guy goes, I'm sorry, hold on. And turns to Kenny and goes, I just want to make sure we're good. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> like, like, did you not listen to the last five minutes? And Andy goes, like, you just switched her side to Ralph's side. You aren't good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm glad that, that <laughs> Andy, like, calls that out. It's like, you realize that you've made her mistrust you so much that she's, yeah. like... Now doubting your, you know... The veracity of this abuse. Like, girl, come on. Um, th- they asked a question from Martin from Fort Lauderdale. If uh, Marlo is sorry for her treatment of Drew this season and some of, like, the comments she made, like, or, I do feel are, like, body-shaming comments that she's got, like, a wide body... Or, like, a, she's built, like, a square or whatever it was that mm-hmm. she said in the limo. And, he, and the question ends going, not everyone can pay to fix theirs like yours. Ugh. And I'm like, <laughs> but also I love Drew being like, yes. And I'm like, okay, but also the, doesn't that also kind of say that Marlo has money? <laughs> like, is it, she, you know has, what I mean? Of course she has money. She has money from whoever died off and left her all this money that, you know, right. that she absolutely didn't work for. But yeah, you know, like, it's kind of like, you don't think through something of, of saying like, not everyone has money. Like Drew doesn't have the money like Marlo. Right. You know what I mean? Marlo's basically like, you know, everyone on this couch is open with the, the you know, that everyone's had something. I've only had lipo. Girl. Go look at that season four face and look at this face. It's not, that's not just right. lipo. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. But stop lying about it. Lying about it is what adds the shame. Stop doing that shit. I love Drew. Drew, I thought was kind of, this is where Drew kind of came into her own in the reunion. I actually thought she did a really good job. Drew goes, you're so insulting. You're so out of touch. You don't have a touch. You're touchless. No penetration. <laughs> Wow. No substance. <laughs> she was real herself. And Marla goes, you like to touch a lot. You like to tongue kiss girls and then denial. <laughs> oh, my God. You tongue kiss girls and, and you're ashamed to admit it. Come out. And Andy's like, okay. Like, like this is where I'm like, uh, I also. See, this is where it gets into homophobic for me. Yeah. Right? It, it would be one thing if it was like, Drew, you know we're going to love and accept you no yeah. matter what. We saw what we saw. If you want to tell us that that was a one-time thing and you're not actually attracted to women, fine. We will believe you. Yeah. But we didn't make that up. Well, but also notice how Marla goes, it was 80% they were just close to each other and now goes, well, you tongue kissed her and you stuck her tongue right. in whatever. This is where it gets to schoolyard bullying. This is homophobic as fuck. Yeah. And she's smiling as she's doing it to where it just kind of, it does come off like a, yeah. like a mean girl. Like. And I love Drew going, watch the movie The Past if you want to see me tongue kiss a girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get that promo. Um, Drew, you know. Which this was filmed before the strike. <laughs> so yeah. she could say that. <laughs> Andy asks uh, Drew, like, you know, later we're going to have Ralph out. Are you going to, you know, you haven't been able to say too much about the divorce when we were picked up filming. Are you, you know, are you open to talking more about it? And Drew's like, I've been kind of worried, you know, telling more stuff about the divorce because of the kids and like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Sonya asked if they think they can mend it. And Drew's like, I think, you know, we're going through the process. And Kenny's like, I think things could change. And Sonya's like, I think so too. I'm like, do you want them to change? That's where I'm like, why do you want them back together? I get to preserve a family unit. I'm all, I'm all for that. But it's like, he's terrible. Why are we all admitting he's terrible? But it's also, it's, it's different in the black community because there is such a stigma. On, yeah. And, you know, so like, a, 
and that's why a lot of black women will put up with a lot more right before they walk and that's you know sad. and it, it's sad that like they feel like they have to go through that and feel so much pressure from society to put up with bullshit like women already put up with enough right and like i have said it time and time again black women are the most disrespected undervalued demographic in this country yep and i mean that is whether you are rich or poor because these women are clearly wealthy and they're still dealing with that pressure they're still dealing with that disrespect um even from each other sometimes and it's it's really sad to watch and he's like surprised marlo said that they that she thinks they'll get you know they'll work it out and marlo goes yeah you know i talked to ralph about it He's reached out to me and Drew's face, which also like. That's so gross. Which also like, aren't you kind of proving Kenya's point? Yep. That you reached out to Mark and to. Yep. There, Marlo, I, could, I, I felt like Marlo was very invested later, especially in the Drew Courtney stuff, like was very activated in a way that I, I don't think Sheree and Sonya were. Yeah. To where I do think, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Marlo's also involved in this whole scheme. Yeah. I, I mean, she, what, like I said, what she's done to Kenya, like, I wouldn't put it past her. Um, so they're getting ready to bring out the friends up like, uh, as they come back from break. Moneta joins them on stage, and Andy goes, I guess they're, ha- they're having a problem with Courtney's mic. And Drew goes, aw. <laughs> Very Wendy Williams. Very Wendy Williams. Aw, all right. <laughs> um, Sheree makes a comment as they're, like, taking selfies before they come back. So it makes a comment about how the other side of the couch needs to get their money up. And I'm like, are you serious? Of all the, the delusion, it's too much. It's way, way too much. Um, the friends of all Courtney also comes in and sits down. They start uh, back up and he goes, Courtney, are we serving cousin or cousin in law today? And then Courtney goes, depends on who I'm referencing thinking as to be, make it like a dig at drew. But I'm like, what do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Haven't you also been calling Ralph cousin-in-law? Because mm. isn't that technically what he is? He's not blood. He's not a blood cousin based off of what you described. She says, my dad's sister is married to Ralph's uncle. So you don't share blood, actually. Like, right. Andy kind of misinterprets that later. But like, yeah, there's no blood connection. And he goes, so that's a tenuously weak connection. And I'm like, I found it interesting that Andy was like, if you notice him when he would question Courtney after this part was kind of acknowledging the idea that like something's up about this. Oh yeah. And I feel, and something had to have come out or changed because they really don't, that's not a topic point this season when they're filming, right? There's no like discussion of like this Courtney girl, like came out of nowhere and she's claiming to be Ralph's cousin and and Mm. all this doesn't, Mm. this seems weird. No one says that on the show. It's not until now. So I find that kind of interesting. And then interesting that Andy's so willing to sort of acknowledge it. Drew goes, it's giving fake cousin. And Courtney goes, Drew, everything about you is fake. And then Drew gets her prop out that she's been planning. She throws a plum towards Courtney because she doesn't deserve a peach, which I actually thought was funny. It, that, it lands short of, of uh, Courtney on Marlo's train. And Marlo goes, you better not be throwing fruit on my, fruit on my dress. Which I get it. Um, uh, Courtney goes, Drew and the corny props again. I'm like, okay, I get, uh, yeah, it is slightly corny. And yeah, there's a little too many props. But also, your friend Sheree's pulled out like five of those props. So, come on. Um, I will say, 
um, in reference to like needing to get money up uh, of the cast this year because <laughs> I did my research real quick. Uh, Candy is the richest with a net worth of $30 million. Mm-hmm. The next richest is Drew at $4 million. Oh, okay. Kenya Estimated net worth. Nope, Sonya. Which oh, is that makes sense. Not a stated one. And then Monetta at an estimated net worth of $2 million. And then Kenya is number six after Deshaun, actually. Uh, <laughs> Kenya is worth... Sheree, you're below Deshaun. 800 to $1 million. And then Sheree is number seven, an uh, estimated net worth of, se- of uh, $800,000. Deshaun hasn't been on for a hot minute. Like, Marlo, so- 600000 That we know of. That we know of. Yeah. Probably the rest is in offshore bullshit. Um, so speaking of Marlo. So now we get to Marlo's segment. She says that, you know, yeah, I'm still dating Scottly. You know, we're having fun. We haven't met each other's kids yet. We're just having fun. A question gets asked about, like, you said that you don't date a lot or whatever, you know. I can't imagine that you haven't been getting it in at that time. And Marla goes, you know what? I'm actually not big in the bedroom. And the face that Drew makes when she says that is just like, that, that, and it's like, I don't understand how she can just, like, there's so much of like you can see the gaslighting on Marlo's part of just like the where it's like it makes it so fr- that's what that's the part that makes it frustrating. It would be one thing if she was like Sheree and we acknowledge that she's delusional, but we aren't. Right. Like that's the frustrating part that we have to act as if this, this chick is not just lying <laughs> right to our faces. Who was it that said? Now who is it that she's blowing on production? <laughs> oh, Kenya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. You know, Marlo's still working on getting her record expunged, and Courtney's like, yeah, the process is going well. And I'm like, didn't Courtney just provide a person? What is, Courtney was acting as if she's like, still what are you doing? doing things to help it. I don't, I don't understand. She's probably sm- just smiling in the corner with that big creepy grin. And then Marlo makes sure to slip in. And Phaedra, you know, she's helping me as well. Like, it's the little digs. It's yeah. the little just like, plausibly deniable little things. Yeah. Kenya gets asked about the hypocrisy of like, okay, but what about Roy sliding into Marlo's DMs versus or Martel sliding into your, or did I say, yeah, Roy sliding into Marlo's as opposed to Martel sliding into hers. And she was like, you know, she kind of flubs where she was like, oh, he told me he was like commenting on one of her lives and then it goes to her DMs. He didn't really DM her. Everyone's like, that's not how that works. It could have commented on her story. That does go I, to the DMs. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that I, that is what she meant. Not the not the lives. Because um, I I knew I was like I know what Kenya means. Well, but it, I couldn't figure out what she, you know what I mean. And I'm, it could have been a live that got posted to her story. He said it was a live because it, it was a live. Yeah, because and then it looks like a DM. Right. Um, <laughs> Kenya goes if you drive your own car to the Taco Bell it's not a date <laughs> and Ken, Andy goes did you go to Taco Bell <laughs> to Marlo Kenya goes we know with Marlo it was not a date because her dates end with money being left on the dresser it's not a date oh. there's a viewer question that gets asked about like where is Roy we've seen more of his restaurant than we've seen of him this year and I'm like have we we haven't seen his restaurant we've heard his restaurant right and We've seen Scotley's restaurant, by the way, and I said it at the time. It seemed like he was like literally doing a tasting, as if he was like presenting the restaurant to like a you know a, a investor or something. Yeah, like 
Scott Lee's felt more like a presentation of his restaurant than Roy did. Yeah. It, and it's like everyone does their like promoting shit. Who cares? Yeah. Kenya's like, you know, you know, when he heard, he heard Marley say that he popped her cherry or whatever. That's when he was done in like the super tease. And Andy's like, well, but that came out after filming. Like that's, you know, that's not why he wasn't showing up. Kenya's like, he had heard stuff that Marlo was saying or whatever. Right. Yeah. It, it was a little, off, you know, it wasn't Kenya's best performance, but like I wasn't, yeah, I didn't think it was outwardly, outwardly terrible. Andy asked Courtney um, if she knew, if she knew she was Rouse's cousin before coming on the show. And then I thought if I was Courtney and I was lying about this, I would have said, no, it was, my, it was just happenstance or whatever that we found this out. And <laughs> instead she goes, no, we grew up spending the night in my aunt's house or whatever. Like he's been to my aunt's house when he was like young or something. And we were in the same house together. It's like to me. Not, not together. She said that he had stayed the night at her aunt's house because she was also his aunt, but okay. she had never met him. They never knew each other as children and didn't meet each other until recently. That to me would be, but that, but you know what? But that's still weird, right? Because it's like he, he wasn't at family events. He wasn't at like, you know, to me, it's like it would make more sense for their story if they had no, possible way in which to con like that ralph right. didn't even know her her aunt right well and that also wouldn't have been easily then disproven by the fact that drew and uh allison. drew and allison went to his hometown and nobody knew who the fuck she was yeah allison said that on a podcast where she was like oh you know cousin courtney everyone's like who's that like there yeah no I'm not also, buying it. Also, Courtney did live at Tampa at one point. Yes, which she confirmed. Which, again, Courtney's really bad at this, actually. Like, just telling herself. Courtney is Tampa girl. And to, to add to that, Courtney then goes. But Allegedly. Now, but now we're fast and furious cousins. And everyone's like. What does that mean? Huh? And then Andy makes the co comment of, well, there's blood there. And, and Courtney's face when he says that was like. Oh shit. <laughs> like But there's not blood there. Well, that's the thing. There's no blood. Hence why This is Georgia and possibly Florida, not Arkansas. Yeah. Sheree gets asked about the, the, this topic of like, can you be a bone collector and also be a peacemaker? Because Sheree tried to play the peacemaker role this season. Um, and I did like the compilation they played of like Sheree doing like a, trying to do a bonding moment. And it's like prayer hands go across the screen and then Sheree carrying a bone and then it's a bone going across the screen. It just keeps going back and forth. <laughs> Sheree is like, you know, yeah, I don't think I'm the bone collector anymore. I've passed that off to Sonya, which I'm like, okay. I mean, Sonya kind of carried a bone with the, the Martell not paying thing. A bone? Like a bone. Yeah. That's, you're still the bone collector. And I, and Drew gets, you know, Oh, so Drew then gets asked about, like, oh, what do you think of the ladies making fun of the lawsuit and stuff like that? She's like, it wasn't about money for me. Um, you know, people, you know, I just can't let people, like, extort me and take advantage of me, whatever. Um, Kenya reaffirms that her look at the Gucci brunch was Gucci. Um, and that just because it didn't have a big displayable label on it doesn't mean... The clutch was, I think, Balenciaga or something, but, like, the rest was Gucci. Like, um... Charade then gets asked that, uh, you know, you get you are one to sort of dog in your confessionals a lot. And like you're, you're very quick in the confessional as opposed to in front of people. Charade goes, I actually own my stuff. And I'm and everyone. I, no, everyone doesn't react to it. I go. Charade, <laughs> like 
of all people, you own your stuff. I, I, we can't get a straight answer from you about fucking anything. Anything. Andy has another question from Kenya from Shady, uh, from Sandy Springs, Georgia. Asks, and then Kenya goes, I live in Buckhead. <laughs> she goes, Sheree, he goes, Sheree, why didn't you defend me when Kim Zolziak made that nasty comment about me still being alive? And Sheree's like, Kim says a lot of things. I don't think she really meant it. <laughs> and everyone's like, Kenya is particularly and Sheree goes you think Kenya wanted do you think Kim really wanted you dead <laughs> and Kenya's like it was a nasty comment come on it wasn't that like she's misinterpreting the comment the comment had nothing to do with Kim wanting her dead yeah she was calling her old well there's that oh there's that and Sheree goes what am I supposed to say that you're still alive <laughs> which everyone kind of laughs at and he goes no actually you can say like she's a buddy of mine like you can have her back in a way. And, and Sheree's like, well, they do the same thing to me. They don't have my back in other Well, yeah, because you're a bitch. <laughs> well, there's that. Like, <laughs> Kenya actually kind of comes to Sheree's defense about this whole, like, bone collector, peacemaker thing. And is like, I think you can be both. Like, you know, and Kenya's always maintained this. He's like, I have no problem with Sheree actually being a bone collector. Like, she, bone collectors in a certain way keep us honest in, on right. the show. Which I agree. I think it's when it's, when it's not... Um, equally dispersed when it's not equally dispersed and when it's not honest yeah some fan asked a question that oh my favorite moment of the season was marlo's fashion corner at the gucci brunch marlo can you rate everyone's looks tonight and marlo this took way too long this took way too long and it wasn't good it wasn't valuable like insight on anything she gets to Kenya, and she goes kenya i love the boobs i think the feathers are too much just a little too peacockish which you were like, I do agree, but that's the only but not thing from you. She, like, it's true, but like, also, you have no grounds. I mean, it's not like I'm a fashionista or anything either. But like, you re- like you don't even sell anything. You let people borrow other people's designs. Sure. And she goes, but I love the allegedly. Boob. She, I love the boobs. I don't like the hair on her. And then Kenya just goes, she's over there looking like Mister Mrs. Roper from Three's Company, and she has the nerve. And <laughs> exactly. And, and Annie busts out laughing. <laughs> so good. Not even a good caftan. It's just a shawl. I was saying that she should have followed it up with, um, you know, when those old white men end up, you know, coming to <laughs> to for their weekly visit. <laughs> what is Marla like? Come and knock on my door. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good follow up. Um, Manana gets asked about coming right up my stairs. <laughs> <laughs> In my lift. No, I can't. I gotta stop. Um, <laughs> but seriously, why does she have that chairlift? Manana gets asked about the collusion discussion. Um, she's like, Courtney was saying, like, oh, I'd never go against Sheree. You know, Sheree, I would never go against you. And they then get into it. Sonia's like, I just don't think it was fair to call it that. Cause like we were talking about the conversation that was happening with Drew and Candy and trying to figure out who was telling the truth in it. That's what the conversation, whatever was about. Courtney claims also, this is where Courtney then claims that she was imitating Drew talking about Latoya, that that's what it was. Which fine, <laughs> but you still called her a bitch. It was, but also like, it's so stupid. Like, it's immaterial. You still said this bitch, and you were calling her a bitch. And you've lied about it multiple times now. So Right. Uh, a question was then asked about Courtney calling Candy ghetto. I was so done with Sonya here, because she goes, she did not call Candy ghetto, no. It's like, Sonya! We have it on tape. It's the first thing we see from her this season. But also, it's like, you, made, you tried to find the excuse. 
then you went on Watch What Happens Live, and every and the guest with her was like, nah, I, I wish you would have spoken up at that moment. And then she added the same excuse. Everyone is pretty much on the consensus that can't, that Courtney called Candy Ghetto. And you're still trying to, like, run into this wall? Yeah. Like, that you... <laughs> well, she is an Olympic runner. I mean, right? Like, um, Sonia's like, you know, because, you know... Can't, well, Candy's like, she said, I brought out the ghetto. And Sonia's like, well, that means she's not talking about you then. Like, girl, come on. You're not this dumb. Marley goes, y'all don't, y'all don't say offensive shit that I suck white cocks, that I'm a bottom rung bitch. And Andy goes, what's wrong with white cocks? And then I love that Moneta goes, nothing's wrong with white cocks. <laughs> also, can we like retire Mauricio as the hottest house husband? It's clearly, clearly Moneta's husband. Oh, Heath? You like the. I think he's the hottest house husband now. There's another one that I think is hotter, and I can't, like, I, I If ne- you can't remember him, he's not that hot. Yeah. Mm. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Candy uh, goes, she and I didn't even really know each other, so of course anybody can say something offensive, but if Sonya is telling me the story back, and I ask if she defended me, and then I watch on this TV her laughing. Yeah. Like, and, and Sonya tried it here. This was so stupid. Sonya goes, but you see, Candy, you set the precedent on our relationship with that. Because after last reunion, I had texted you about the, uh, Drew making a post on, the Insta- on her Instagram about the hair flip moment. And then you replied, don't be mad at me, friend, but shit kind of funny. That's not the same thing. It's not the same thing, one. And, oh, you mean that hair flip moment that never made it to air? One, yeah. It's like you, if you, it didn't go to air, we can't talk about it the much, as much as we're talking about it. But two, Candy literally said it to your face via text. That's not the same as you laughing and then trying to claim otherwise. And, and she was like, I, I forgot I laughed and, and I felt in the moment like I stood up for you. It's not that big of a deal. Like, there's not even, like, apology. Like, just, Sonia, just apologize. Well, I'm just trying to figure out how your memory went from you laughing at it and agreeing with it in a certain way. Right. To, I thought I defended you. It's one thing if you said, well, I was pretty neutral on it and I really should have had your back. Or if she had said, you know... Um, I, I did laugh in the moment cause I was caught off guard, but you know, I, I should have, you know, yeah. something along those lines, but to claim you defended her when in fact you just laughed is not the, is not the, like you, there's no way your memory's that shitty. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is, but like, come on at that point, I'm like, where's like your, where, like we need a cognitive test. Like what's <laughs> going on? With this woman, she cannot remember from one day to the next what she's doing. Yeah. Andy asked why the footage in Portugal was an issue when they, you know, you're all on a reality show, like I, whoever it was that mentioned it. I think Sheree. And Manana says, like, you know, yeah, it's not really an issue. It's that it was, it was sent to someone outside of the group. We all sent it to production. Yeah. But it got sent to LaToya. And Andy asked Marlo why she sent it to LaToya. And Marley goes, because LaToya would be honest and tell the truth. And I did appreciate even Sonya goes, LaToya still hasn't told the truth. What are you talking about? One time Sonya, like, actually, you know, comes back at Marlo. Drew is asked then why she took the bitch video so personally. And then Courtney goes, hmm, good question. So Shut condescending. I was, I, Courtney is, she just, like, 
also like smiles the whole time and just it's so like annoying. She's it's just annoying. Fake. It's fake. It's so fucking plastic. I can't stand it. it. It's it's like the worst thing you like. It it's literally like the plastics on Mean Girls. Yeah. It's like the smile to your face, stab you in the back kind of smile. That movie, Smile, the, the horror movie. It's giving it's, smile. It's giving smile. It's giving, like, infected with some virus that makes you smile and kill people. That makes Like, sense. it's terrifying. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Drew says, like, you know, I never did anything to warn it. And it was pretty clear, you know, that you were watching it back, that Moneta was right, that you were pleading your case in that. And then Courtney's just, like, talking over Drew, and it's just, like, crosstalk. And then Drew's like, the unverifiable fake cousin. Why are you even here? <laughs> Literally. Courtney says that, Andy asked, like, well, then why did you say at the finale party that, like, you did call her a bitch? She's like, because she was getting on my nerves. Like, I, you know, I just told, basically told her to shut up and told it to shut her up. And Drew goes, oh, but I'm the liar. Just so we're clear. That's my thing. It's like Courtney's lied multiple times yeah. at this point. And um, Drew has just lied the once that we know of. Yeah. A question then gets asked about the karma comment, right? Courtney's like, you know, well, the definition of karma is cause and effect. Kenya was cursing out production, so I just thought she was okay. Kenya goes, oh, so she's a doctor. Also, that's not what karma is. But also, you know, because she was cursing out production, that must mean she wasn't in pain. You know, because people don't curse out of pain. Yeah, it's not like there have been studies that show that cursing actually helps with your pain. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, Andy congratulates Kenya on the opening of the salon. Kenya says that it's a soft opening. They're currently constructing the loft area that's on the second floor. Did you see the thing on Instagram where it's like some lady went by the place and was like, oh, it's closed, basically, like, and like, uh, you know, abandoned essentially to like basically be like, oh, it's fake. That, that yeah, it's I saw fake. that. And Kenya like called her out on it and bullshit. Yeah. It's just she, she's adding more. Yeah. It was a soft opening and they're adding more construction to it. That's, you know. yeah, that's it. Um, a question that is asked if Kenny wants to be part of this group anymore, which, I get it. I get it, too. And honestly, I think she would be happier if she was a friend of. Yeah, and then she just reiterates, like, everything that happened with Escape this year and all that stuff. She was just on Ready this whole season. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I did bit. She, I like that she said, I bit off more than I could chew. Yeah. Like, she was honest about that. Manana is then asked about what she said at the, on the finale episode about Drew and Ty and the conversation that she had with Drew. Uh, while filming the movie and she's like i talked to drew after the things came out and drew's like yeah i was just joking basically because like i'm in a movie with like a lesbian with like a lesbian story or whatever so it's like that was the it wasn't anything serious which i don't know if i fully believe but also i don't care because i know she's yeah. gonna be in a tough divorce fight annie then says courtney it sounds like you and ralph talked a lot about drew's alleged affair before it hit the blogs and i love that andy's just like well, let's be honest. Like, it seems like you're collaborating. <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. Courtney goes, I just knew that, you know, he was hurt by the lying and her projecting onto him what she was doing. Here's the thing. Drew might have cheated on Ralph with Ty. Possibly. You're not going to have me believe that Ralph didn't cheat on Drew. That's Multiple not going to happen. Like, there's no realm in which Ralph is the good guy. None. So let's stop playing that narrative. It's, it's stupid. Um, Andy goes, is there any truth to what Ralph told Courtney? And Drew goes, Courtney doesn't know anything about me and Ralph. She just met Ralph yesterday and he's been coaching her this whole season. Courtney, he's like, oh, she, I've been coached. 
She, he's coaching me. And then this is where Drew goes fully in. She says, I'm going to say this one time. Don't you ever in your life speak on my son. You will not keep my son's name in your mouth. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And the way she just punctuated that fuck was like so good. And you don't really get it on the live show because the, or not the live show, but the, the what was on TV version. because it's censored. But when you're watching it back on Peacock, it's just got that good punch to it. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, "Don't you ever speak on my son." And Courtney goes, "Oh, like there's the fake crying. Like again, you're not the mean girl. Kenya is what you're doing. Like doing like wow, wow, wow. Also, what? Also, Kenya being the mean girl is literally a decade old story. Get over but it. But it's like you you exhibit every classic mean girl tactic. Yeah. Every like if there was every a, single fucking one. If there was a handbook, like come on. And and I Drew keeps going, one day he will see this and you will have to pay for that. There was a place in hell for people like you. And then Oof. and then during this Courtney goes like, you know, I didn't say anything about your son and I I appreciate Andy going, you did. You did though. And so did Kenya. And Kenya's like, you absolutely did. Drew goes, you didn't know, know the cameras were rolling, bitch. And then Courtney goes, I knew the cameras were rolling. I said it multiple times. It's like, oh, my God. That, that makes it worse. Yeah, you're such an idiot. And then we just end with Drew going, you are not a real cousin. You are unverifiable, bitch. We're done. We're done. And that's how we end the cliffhanger on the episode. Next week, Ralph comes out on stage. This preview... Unless it's selective editing and they're making us seem like it's not. They're having Drew perform her song in front of Ralph? What the fuck? Like, like the, based on like how the stage like, like wh- who, what producer made that decision? But it's not, tell me it's at least, if, it, if that's the case, tell me it's her new song. And the, not the, the one about her marriage. And not well, I mean, the new song is about her marriage too, but it's about him being fucking awful. Yeah, that I okay, yeah. If yeah, she yeah. gets to sing that to him, that could be cathartic. Yeah, that's fair. But um if it's literally the um because you already know that yeah. one, then yeah, that's fucked. I, I need the answers on that because that seems really fucked up. Uh but we'll get them next week uh for part two of the reunion. That was part one uh, for the Atlanta reunion. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of New York City. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry... We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, Fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. 
Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and a Zimby, where, you know what, we're just not even going to make a joke. We're, we're Team Jenna. Real Housewives <laughs> of New York City. Let's oh go. Oh, God, this episode. I was, I was, like, this was, I mean, I get it that I got an emotion out of this episode that was very strong, which I guess is good. But it was sort of, frustration. But it was really frustrating. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, yeah, f- poor Jenna Lyons. Jesus Christ. And I, I hate that I'm constantly on Tism Watch, but here I am again, like, defending this woman because she doesn't interact with them the way that the rest of the women, the way that they want her to. And it's just like, the woman doesn't work the way that y'all do. Her brain does not work the way that y'all do. Stop acting like she's going to react the same ways. It's, she's a different person. Yeah, it, it was really bad. <laughs> it was actually really bad. Um, but let's get into the episode. So we start with Sai and Uba. Um, they're going clothes shopping for uh, the trip to Anguilla. Ang- Anguilla. Yeah, it's Anguilla. I, they, it's been said on the Housewives before. I don't know it's why. It's Anguilla. Asking. You know, Anguilla. Um, Uba's making jokes with Sai about, because Sai's getting all these like big dresses or whatever, and she's like, just go topless. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, before we get older. Like, <laughs> like yeah. Um, and I'm glad Uba's back in the mix. Like, I'm, I, I, mi- I have I, missed her. I've missed her for the last couple episodes. Um, Sai then basically starts to brief Uba about everything that's happened since she's been out, uh, talking about Bryn's wreath event, um, and then starts to basically explain to her, like, her issues with, like, Jenna's collab gifts and stuff like that, and it's like, you know, nothing is free, you have intentions of everyone sharing, you know, and does she? I don't think she does! I, I, I would say she definitely doesn't, because... She made the video beforehand of her packing up all of that stuff. Right. And put it out there without any of y'all's names attached. She wasn't trying to say who she gave it to or anything like that. Right. She was just making it like And it's uh, like so it might be like I I still think it's stupid. They did show a couple more clips that we hadn't seen of like at certain events her being like Oh, my collaboration with this or whatever, but it's like she she's Jen. As we find out later, she's literally Jenna fucking Lyons and is does so much fucking shit. Yeah, that like, yeah, she has th- like, what's the what's the big deal? I don't understand it. Like, especially in Housewives, it's like everyone promotes their shit. Well, and it's just rich for it to come from someone who's literally her whole job is being an influencer. Right. Side literally goes. Jenna has tons of collaborations, which I think is great. But unless you're giving me that cheese, honey, I can't keep promoting you for free. And I was like, but you're not promoting her for free. You're on a television show that you're getting paid to be on. Like, have you made videos and put them out there? If you did, you did that on your account. And guess what? You probably got paid if it was, a, if it was on your account that you're getting paid for. Yeah. Like, I, I, uh, 
I don't understand. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how that all that works, but like if you're doing it, the thing, then you're getting the pay for it. She's not. And it'd be one thing if it was just like a funny joke that like, oh, everything's like a sponsored thing or whatever. But it's like now getting linked to like Jenna's personality to where I get it. That's where I get annoyed. Right. right. It's like as if it's like a flaw in her like person. I don't understand that. Sai then tells Uba about Aaron being upset at her and like, you know, at the wreath thing. And Uba goes, I think it's shitty for you to walk out of her party, which I, I'm glad that Uba will call someone to her fa- to their face, even though I yeah. don't agree with Uba here because we were all team Sai, at least in that regard. She's like, Uba goes, why didn't you order a pizza or something? I'm like, that would be ruder to me. Uh, yeah, I think that's more rude. To bring in outside food into a party? Well, and not just that, but have like a pizza guy stumbling into this party trying to find you as now someone, they're trying to weave through this crowd as someone who does deliveries um that would be a nightmare i hate people who deliver to like a baseball game or like a or like even like you like if it's a big fuck if it's not your home why the fuck are you ordering delivery right are you crazy like or like your business or or you're doing a part like an intimate party at your house right or something that's like but like come on um, we then go to, oh, oh, well, before that, Sai also says, like, I apologize to Aaron. I, I don't think you did. I think we, we were praising you last week for basically being like, I don't care. <laughs> like, and we were happy that you said that, but I was like, really? Um, you know, uh, we go to Jenna and her brother Spencer, who's in town for the holidays and they go visit the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Not, not Jenna, Bren. Oh, no, yeah, it is Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get so Bryn's, Bryn's brother we get as well. Okay. Yeah. We got a lot of brothers this episode. <laughs> uh, so, they, But they're showing of, you know, the, also Jenna's work with the Rockefeller Center and, right. like, how basically they want to revamp the whole retail of the area and that, like, you know, Jenna helping contribute, you know, female businesses and black businesses and Latino businesses to sort of give a fuller representation of New York, of what New York actually is. And I'm like, God damn it, I love her. Like I'm so, like every- like she's so great and she's so busy and she's like the kind of person who gets tapped by Rockefeller motherfucking center. Yeah. And you expected her to fly coach. Okay, uh, never mind. We'll yeah. talk about it later. I get it. That, like yeah, we'll talk about it later where it's like I understand to a certain extent the housewife tradition, but also it's Jenna fucking Lyons. Like Yeah. Like, eh. Um, they pop into a place to go get a drink. Um, Jenna tells her brother about how she's kind of terrified about going to Anguilla, Anguilla, um, about how she's never been on a girl's trip. Um, and that like, you know, I'm not going to be like wearing a bikini at the end of the day. Like that's not going to happen. Is this the same brother with the nickname? Probably. Or that gave her the nickname. Yeah. You see, that's how you ask that question without revealing the conversation that you had earlier with Jenna. Sigh. That's how you do it. (laughs) Jenna makes a comment about like, you know, know, the other women are just like so gorgeous, like in comparison to me, you know, so it's like, I'm not going to be like strutting around like they are. And I'm like, oh God. And I, I feel bad, but like, you know, it's again, it's also insecure. We'll get to it later about like, Jenna's also allowed to feel this way. I feel bad that she's saying those things and vocalizing them, but like, she's also allowed to feel those this way. Um, she talks about like her genetic disorder a little bit more. She's mm-hmm. talked about like um, the skin condition where it, um, you know, it, it looks like scarring, but it's just like hyperpigmentation. Um, her teeth, the stuff with her teeth, where like she's had like so much dental work done to where it's like she's like she says she's on like her thirteenth surgery at this point, which is mm-hmm. like Jesus Christ. 
And it's and not that's like, just the top. And it's not just like, you know, a, a cavity being removed. It's like full on like reconstructive. Bone like, grafts, things like that. Terrible yeah. shit. Like she goes, I know it's a genetic disorder, but most people don't. And people will be like, oh, you're dirty or you have something on your skin. And like that gets to you. And she tells this story about how like when she was a kid, she was in Knott's Berry Farm and like she was standing in line and she had like shorts on. And I guess most of it, like a good amount of it's on her legs and stuff like that. And the girl behind her was basically like, ew, look at her skin. What is like, I, I and I, I can't, I can't believe I'm surprised, but it's like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it, I, not that it makes it any better with it being like 50 years ago or so. Yeah. But like, still that's fucked up. Yeah. Like, but like in the seventies and, or like, you know, like yeah. people were shitty back then, you know, and people are shitty now, I guess it's not any different, but like at least some people know better now. You would hope. Yeah. Um, she got, uh, not any of the people on this cast. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> they didn't really prove that point. Um, tan, uh, she's like, you know, tanning makes me feel better at the end of the day. I'm going to, she talks about how she's going to go early to tan ahead of time. So that, cause it makes the scars less noticeable basically. Right. Um, yeah. And, and she's about to get head into another surgery for her teeth before going. So it's like a lot. Um, we then go, you mentioned Bryn's brother. We then go to see, uh, this is, we get a little like quick montage of like what everyone did on Christmas. And then we were two days after Christmas and we're in LA actually as, uh, her brother, uh, Darius, uh, they're meeting to do a hike at Canyon park. I don't think we've ever seen like, I mean, other than vacations, have we seen a housewife in another city on a franchise? Maybe once or twice, but like. Except for like, oh, I guess the only one is like when they went to visit Jen during her uh, uh, trial in New York. But like that's Sheree waiting for her boyfriend that didn't show up. Oh, in Philly, yeah, yeah. There's a couple times actually. It's it's just jarring for some reason. Um, her brother Darius is a teacher actually in Seoul, South Korea. So like, basically, we meet in the middle. So yeah. L.A. Yeah. Um, Darius talks about how ask at one point like you you know do you want kids and do you want to like settle down at some point. Bryn's like, I would do it tomorrow with the right person. And is talking about, she, Bryn makes the comparison of like, I keep winning the lottery and just throwing it away, essentially. Yeah. Um, she talks about that she likes the idea of marriage, but not the engagement part. And that because it, th- with the engagement part, it allows her to be within her thoughts and sort of, right. you know, uh, c- capitulate and like sort of second guess herself. And then anxiety, anxiety, it's called anxiety. Um, and like, but also, like, okay, so then just get eloped. Like, shit. Yeah. At this point, like. And, and the rich guy buying the Bentley with cash is a good option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please. Gideon, like, take Gideon, please. Um, Darren, or Darius talks about how, like, you know, it was hard for really both of them coming up, you know, and, you know, with their home life that, we, you know, Brent's right. obviously talked about. But he talks about, like, you know, maybe I've kind of, like, compartmentalized it more than you have. Brent says, sub, you know, you know, consciously, I'm like, yes, I want a family, I want kids, I want a marriage, all that. And then subconsciously, family to me is like, run. The idea of it is like, bad, terrible. Which well, and that's what you, we were talking about yeah, last yeah, yeah. week. Like, she, she, and she's like, I need to rewire my brain in that way to sort of like. And therapy. She, therapy. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's, and she t- talks about like, you know, it's like, I don't have this view of what unconditional love looks like. Right. And that. Because of that, it's you put these standards on it and these like 
expectations on yourself of like what you have to do. And and like which goes back to what she said. She's like, if I was a perfect kid, if I didn't have to make any trouble, et cetera, I could stay, you know, home and, and all right. that stuff. So like I mean it's so ex- like we've said it, it's so explainable. Right. And so hope like you said, hopefully she can get that therapy, hopefully, um and figure that out because you know, I think she does deserve that. Um we go to flash uh to two weeks later. Uh Aaron's stopping by Jenna's apartment uh to uh check on her she's recovering from her dental surgery she brought her butternut squash soup very nice aaron will then turn out to not be that nice <laughs> i was such such an aaron fan in this scene i was like this is so great i love this oh she's being so sweet and being mothering and like and like then she just... turns into kyle richards <laughs> it was so kyle richards I, uh, we'll get to it uh, Aaron goes, I have in her confessional, I had my first cavity three months ago. I don't know what she's going through, but it sounds traumatic. Yeah. Which I, I get, I mean, like, I'm also like, ask? Like, there's all these questions of later of like, Jenna Jones doesn't tell us anything. Have you asked? Because also she has told you things. Yeah. You know, you know enough. You know enough to ask questions or at the very least trust her when she says it's fucked. Yeah. Aaron talks about how, like, after the wreath making, she was like, I don't know if I want to go on the trip. You know, I felt really bad that no one was saying anything in my defense, et cetera. Um, Aaron, because you were bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna feels bad, though. She's like, I wish I, I didn't know it was as big as, because it didn't feel that big. And Aaron's like talking about Bryn, like, it's fine if you make a mistake, like, but like, you know, her overall attitude just got to me at a certain point. Yes, but you also came in with a bad attitude, and you literally right. came in saying, like, I'm going to ruin this. Right. So, yeah. Um, Jenna is talking to her about how she is going down a day earlier on the trip to get a tan and all that stuff. And, she, and to lay out why, like, that she's self-conscious of that and everything. She goes, you know, oh, and we cut then to, like, everyone discussing it. Because Jenna had texted everyone in, like, the group chat or whatever, basically be like, hey, I'm going to go down a day before. Because uh, I need to get a tan. She specifically said, guys, heads up. I'm going down on Monday. I need to get a tan to, and acclimate. And I don't want to feel like poop. D- Cy replies, diva much? Question, qu- question mark, question mark. Which could be a joke. But like, now, right. But then as to what we see, it's clearly not. <laughs> but also if someone's like, hey, I have trouble with traveling. Because what that reads like to me is I have trouble with traveling. I need to get used to the to the atmosphere yeah. i need to get used to the time change that's how that reads to me and if that's what you need to do and you don't want to bog down the rest of the trip that's considerate right but that's also the issue it was like it was it would be one thing if aaron well spoiler alert it would be one thing if aaron relayed something different and then the women got offended by it based right. on what aaron relayed but they're already pissed yeah. Going into this, because we see Jessel and Bryn FaceTiming, and Bryn goes, why does she need two days to get into vacation mode? And Jessel jokes, like, she has to set up her love scene lashes, because she loves her brand or whatever. And then Bryn goes, she's a diva in disguise. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys. It, the, at this point, I was like, is something happening off camera where they don't like Jenna? Well, and that's the only thing that makes sense, right? Other than they're just crazy people. Because... What we're seeing on camera, you're seeing that woman. Yeah. and that Jen, We're looking at the same person named Jenna. And you're like, oh, I hate it. It's like, what? And you're equating that to ultimate diva branding 
mogul thing. Yeah, it's it. I was saying it to you. It's like that season of Beverly Hills where after it was the second Denise season. After Denise, they were perfectly fine with and happy to be around. But then they realized how much money Denise was being oh, paid, right. and they were like, "No, she's gone. We got to get rid yeah. of her. We got to bully her off the show." And it's like. Jesus, I don't. I'm, that may not be the case. Maybe they're just crazy. But it's like it feels like that. Like, yeah. Like that. That can only be the explanation. Jenna talks about explains again her like teeth thing and her skin situation to Aaron, and she goes, "I'm not working with the same deck you guys are." And Aaron goes, "You're crazy that you think that." We'll get to it later, where it's just like. But also, why would you not just go? You know you're beautiful, right? Instead of saying you're crazy, instead say, "Hey, yeah, you're you are beautiful." Yeah, I understand that, but also we'll get, uh, well, no, we'll get to it later. We'll get it's a better topic later because it gets worse later. Um, Jenna goes, I think, and and okay, so Jenna kind of fucked up here because of like housewives and how housewives operates. Yeah, but to me, she was clearly making a joke. She goes, "I'll be honest with you, and you're gonna hate me for this." I also didn't want to fly coach. And Aaron's like, shut up. <laughs> like, and Jenna's like, you know, the bonus was that, you know, a business class seat was available. Like it was about me tanning, but you know, and Aaron, go- and Aaron says, can I go with you? I don't want to fly with them as a joke. Like I get it as a joke, but it's like, you then can't then be so offended when you're making comments like that. Right. You can't go. I want to fly first class too. And then be mad at her for flying first class. Aaron or professional. This is a level of diva I didn't even know she had. Also, not even first. It's business class. Those are different things. Business class is just fancy coach. Right. Aaron's like, well, are you flying back with us then? And just, Jenna's like, mm, maybe. Like, <laughs> which again, it's like, I, it's a joke. It's a joke. But with the way Housewives is, right. Jenna should have known better. But, to- but again, she doesn't know better because she... Everything is surface. Yeah. And and by that I mean not that she lacks depth. No, no, no. But I mean that the in, there's no like ulterior deeper motives behind things. Right. She takes everything at face value of what's said. So when you are being rude or you're agreeing with her or you're whatever it is you're saying, she takes your words at what they mean in the dictionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everyone then starts packing for the trip. Um, Jenna's getting on her flight and going, and I love her in her confessional. She goes, I want to wear a sundress and have a little glow. I don't want to be the one wearing a burka at the beach. Look, why am I even explaining myself? It's fine. Who cares? I'm old and six feet tall. Like, whatever. <laughs> exactly. Like, leave her the fuck alone. Yeah. Jessel is packing with Povet. I, and again, favorite part of the episode every time is the Jessel and Povet scene. It's so good. Jessel is like, you know, she, she makes a joke. Like, I think I'm going to take the laundry Jenna gave me. I don't know why I thought it was bad. It's actually really cute. <laughs> like, and then so now we find Jessel brings up. What is this also that you've been saying, Povet, about like you're going to Vietnam or whatever? Like you've been telling my parents this. And he's like, yeah, I'm flying out to Vietnam. And Jessel goes, what? Why? <laughs> and he goes, why not? I need some time to myself. <laughs> he was nagging her so hard. He, this was Povet's revenge. See, I feel like he's just trolling her. He I don't really, think he's actually going to Vietnam. Well, he, and Jessica goes, uh, hey, dude, we live in a city with a thousand hotels. I'll book you a night. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> he, literally, 
Papa goes, where can I get a banh mi sandwich? And, and Jessel goes, there's plenty. I can get. There's 80,000 bodegas in. We, li- <laughs> we literally live in New York City. The whole point of New York City is they have food from everywhere. That's literally yeah. the selling point. And he goes like, not as good as Vietnam. And Jessel literally goes, are you fucking with me? <laughs> I fully think he's fucking with her. <laughs> Papa's like, you're going to Anguilla for five days. So I'm going to Vietnam for three. And Jessica goes, so what are you going to do? Spend time with a sandwich? Like, like I'm. <laughs> oh, I get it. Instead of fucking each other, they fuck with each other. There we go. But same difference. This is what this changed a year and a half ago. Like this is. <laughs> I'm sure it's not the same satisfaction. But yeah. I'm sure it's not, but I'm sure that there's still some satisfaction. <laughs> Jessel. Jessel and her confessional. The dodo head is going to spend more time traveling to Vietnam than physically being in the country. It's a 20 hour flight. Well, like, then he does a confessional where he was like, I actually love flying on planes. He's like, it's, they're like vacations in and of itself. I'm like, are they? How? He's clearly flying first because there's no way you're getting that experience in coach. Well, and then he has to be, he's the, he has to be fucking with her. Has to because be. then she goes like, what are about the kids though? Like my mom's not going to be here. And he, she, he goes, well, that's your problem to figure out. <laughs> and the look that Jessel gives her, gives him is like, huh? Okay. <laughs> he, the, <laughs> they are the, 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 oh my God, the dynamic duo. Of this show. It's it's so good. The ladies get to the airport and then they fly to Anguilla. Uh, they arrive and they head to the sea villa. Um, uh, Uba and Jessel basically agreed that they're sharing the room like they, when they were going over rooms in the Sprinter van, which, I, it, which again, very big change for Roni. There was no fight about rooms. Um, they arrive at the villa and it is gorgeous. Like, Absolutely stunning. Really great. The view of the ocean is great. It's very, it does give like Greek vibes almost kind of like the, you know, the, the white sort of architectural style. Mm-hmm. They all race to their rooms. They're like the hostess is basically like, do you want me to give you a tour? And they were just like rooms and they raced to like pick that part was Roni. There we go. <laughs> well, and the bathrooms too, like all the bath other than Jenna's. <laughs> Jenna's was fine. All the bathrooms are like gorgeous. And all of, they had seating areas in the shower. That's how you know it's rich. Not like a bench. There was a separate chair. Yeah. That you walk through the shower into another room where there's a tub and a chair. How fucking rich do you have to be to have a shower recliner? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> they give Jenna the shit room, basically, for cu- coming down earlier. Which is still a gorgeous room. Yeah. Um, Aaron, they're all outside by the pool. Aaron asked, you know, is Jenna, you know, get, when is Jenna getting here? And, the, and she's like, they're like, sometime soon. And she goes, yeah, I wanted to know because I don't want to he- her to hear me say anything. This is about that, the time that Jenna should have felt a sharp blade between her. <laughs> doesn't that, pre- like, like, way to show your premeditation, Aaron. <laughs> Shit. Aaron then tells them how Jenna basically said, like, you know, yeah, she, she mentioned something about, like, you know, wanting to tan because of her skin condition. So, so she's acknowledging to everyone they have. They, don't, they know she has a skin condition, right? They know about this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, she said that the truth was that she didn't want to fly coach. And everyone's like, what? Like, so pissed about it. Aaron and Erica Vestal, I don't feel bad for telling them. She didn't say don't tell anyone. Really, bitch? You are not a girl's girl, if that's true. Like, Mm-mm. that's terrible. She's like, she doesn't know how to be in a group of girls and be open and honest. And I'm like, 
You know what's a great way to do to make sure that she isn't open and honest? Do not provide a safe space for her to be open and honest. Punish her for being open and honest. It's like, duh. Like, uh, we get that later too with Orange County. We'll get to that. Um, it's like, what the fuck do you want from these people? <laughs> Bryn's like, part of this is, you know, traveling together. And, you know, Jenna clearly doesn't have the one-on-one on, like, the girlfriend handbook. Which, yes, I'm sure, like, on, house, on regular housewife seasons, you all travel together. But it's like, again, you can't be surprised. It's Jenna fucking Lyons. She literally has never had a group of girlfriends like this, has never been on a girl trip before. Like, she's told you this. Yeah. Aaron's like, I wonder if she ever really wanted to tan. And I'm like, oh, God, now we're getting into this. And Sai's like, she told me she doesn't tan and that she was going to wear a burqa on the beach. And they show a text, and it's clearly a joke. I'm exhausted. Like, girl, Sai, I've been defending Sai when a lot of people have been down on her, but I'm like, you can't be this dense. Like, this felt so much like a conspiracy. Like, (laughs) everyone had... Like, yeah, that's what I'm this saying. This is where the collusion's happening. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sai, uh, they, they go in to grab food. Sai's like, I made sure there was good catering. I am not going to, you know, have Aaron, you know, get a one-up on me in this. Like, you know. That would be very difficult. Yeah. Uh, they send, But they're still then just talking about Jenna before she arrives. Bryn's like, you know, I'm worried, like, I'm going to be mad, and then I'm just going to fall for her baby voice like I always do. And they show a compilation of her just being like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Which which I'm like. It's so funny. (laughs) Bryn goes like, look, I fight at my weight class. So if I fight, then I feel like I'm a bully or something. You are. Well, you kind of are. And Aaron's like, she's in a a a high enough weight class. Um, Uba's like, where's Jenna? And Sai goes, she had to wait for her first class taxi to come. They're just so like it's just like building. Like there's so much like antagonism building as oh like, yeah. Like it does come off a little mean girly. Like um they 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 stop talking shit about Jenna for Jenna for like five seconds to talk about how orgasms help with headaches. <laughs> Which they do, but sometimes they don't. As someone with migraines, they don't always help. Yeah, we've tried that methods. <laughs> They sometimes make it worse. Sai's like, I'm sure Jessel has been suffering from migraines for over a year. <laughs> that was a funny line. Um, they ask where Jenna is again, and Uba goes, Jenna can suck my dick. <laughs> I love when cis, I, I, you know, I love when cis women make the point to say to suck my dick. Like it's it's good, it's good shit. Um, Bryn's like, I'm sick of everything being like a branding opportunity again. It's just like they keep like, who's are you like? you're that mad about this that you can't stop talking about it i i I just i need a piece of footage of her asking you to to post a video yeah because otherwise you're making shit up yeah bryn's ranting about like and bryn just keeps going on and on at this point she's like you know and it's just like i don't know anything about you you know your surgery or your breakup you don't tell me anything about your breakup i don't even know your real name it's like judith you now know it's Judith. Like, you found out eventually. And as this Jen is arriving, just being like, I got my dress on that I love. I'm tan. I'm, you know, I'm, it's time for the girls' trip. I got this. As she's about to walk in to a full fucking firing squad of people just staring daggers at her. Yeah. As soon as she fucking walks in the room. And then this was terrible. She walks in and says hi to everyone and hugs them. Aaron in her confessional, for someone who's so self-conscious about showing her skin, I see a lot of it right now. That was fucked up. And she needs to answer for that at the reunion. 
And she better just like immediately apologize. Also, like, yeah, that's why she came early and got a tan. It's like, uh, it's just like I don't understand. Like, this was supposed to be like the progressive Roni, and like, yeah. and like the way, well, the, <laughs> and the way you're talking about like a person with a disability and like who has like you know anxiety issues. It's just like, what are we doing, guys? Like, yeah. Sai uh, says to you know tell us you know you know why you didn't come. <laughs> Uba goes. This is where I'm like, okay, well, Jenna handles it well. Like, for the most part. Jenna's, like, doesn't back down, doesn't, like, whimper necessarily. Yeah. Uba goes, we, we were just talking about you. And Jenna goes, I'm sure. <laughs> They're like, get him. Get him, Jenna. <laughs> so I was like, you know, yeah, we heard that you didn't want to fly with us because, you know, it was coach. And Jenna's like, who said that? And she's like, Aaron. She's like, it tells Aaron, like, that's not what I said. It is technically what you said, but it's... Uh, She's leaving out the context of what you were saying. Well, yeah, but she didn't say she didn't fly down there with them because she didn't want to fly coach. She said, I didn't fly down there with you because I needed to come early to catch a tan. And by the way, by the way, it was an added bonus that I didn't have to fly coach because I don't really like to. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna goes, I wanted to get sun because I'm going to be on the beach and, and what you have and what you have that you all, you know, don't that I don't is perfect skin. So I was like, I got a spray tan, Jenna, before I came. And Jenna's like, it's not the point, though. Which, that's the thing. It's like, it's not, like, it's like, it's not a compare. It, she's not saying it to be, like, a competition. Like, Sai being like, girl, my skin's not real. It's spray tanned. That's not Jenna's point. Jenna's point is that she is self-conscious about her scarring from her genetic disorder. Right. It, it's not about you. It's not about, it's like. It's not about like whether your skin is real or not. It's that she feels self-conscious in social situations where she has to show a lot of skin. Right. Just be like, oh, that makes sense. Like, <sighs> Jenna talks about why she tans for a disorder. And then it's like, you know, I wanted to go Christmas time. I couldn't. My friend got a puppy. And then Bryn makes like a confused face. And she's like, I couldn't go to Miami beforehand because of my mouth surgery. That was my plan. And then Bryn goes, so wait, so there's a puppy, there's Miami, and there's a surgery. I'm so confused. Yeah, because you weren't listening. Yeah. <laughs> so there's an order of events that kept her from getting a tan before she came, so she had to come early. So if you were listening, you would be able to hear that, but instead, all you heard was blah, 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 Jenna's a, a money-hungry, evil bitch who wants to not fly coach. Right. In Cyanar Confessional, Jenna never thinks she does anything wrong. Just tell the truth and we'll back off. Just be straightforward. And I'm like, she is. Like, like just, you're the ones like harping on her when she's being straightforward with you. And this is what I'm talking about. This is the Jenna is telling them plainly, these are the things. This is exactly what happened in no uncertain terms. They are then assigning an ulterior motive, a dark like thing, thing underneath it, you know, in order to paint her as someone who is doing something selfishly. Right. That's not how people with autism work. Now, I know she doesn't know that she is autistic, or if she ha- does, then she has not verbally said that out to the world, which that's her business. I see those traits. Yeah. So maybe she's not autistic. Maybe she just has some traits that are in that wheelhouse. But what I'm saying is that I relate to that shit, and it really fucking pisses me off when you tell me what I meant by what I said. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Jenna goes to Brit. if I look like you, I wouldn't have come down the day before. 
And then Brin goes, don't use that. That's a cop-out. And I'm like, oh, the wrong road. <laughs> wrong road, Brin. It's not a, it's her genetic disorder and her anxiety is not a cop-out. It exists. It's, it's real. It's literally her reality. It's the reality that she deals with all day, every day, that you cannot comprehend because you do not live with them. Right. Like, Jenna goes, I don't know how that would be a cop-out. And Bryn goes, I mean, your skin's beautiful. You're beautiful. You were the most fabulous women in the world. And it's like, again, that's not the point. Jenna goes, have you ever seen it, though? Have you, have I, I've never shown it to you. I've never shown you my, my bare skin like this. And Bryn goes, I wouldn't know because you don't share it with me. And then <laughs> Jenna has to go, I don't share it with anyone, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the whole point. Huh? She's like, have you ever seen me on a picture with, you know, bare skin on a red carpet? And Bryn goes, I don't look at pictures of you on a red carpet, so I don't. And then everyone starts laughing about, because it is a funny line. But it's like, uh, Jen and Erica Veschel, I'm sure she's looked at every picture. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she has too. She's a judgmental bitch. <laughs> they get ready to go to dinner uh, at eight. Um <laughs> Jenna tell again. It's like this assigning of shit. Jenna is uh, with Jessel in her room, and 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 Jenna's like, yeah, I like this room. It's really charming. And Jessel goes, you know, when people say something's charming, where it's like a fuck you, and you're like, no, no, I no, no. I mean, you say it that way. I get what Jessel's saying, but it's like that's in pretentious world. That's right. in fake world, right. where like people are fake to each other. Well, and. I we were talking about it earlier off the mic, and I was telling you about how there's the whole thing in the South where um, "bless your heart" means yeah. "fuck you." I've literally never heard it used that way because I grew up in very Christian circles. Right, right, right. So if people were saying "bless your heart," they literally meant "bless your heart." It was always in the context of something awful has happened. Bless your heart. I'm so sorry. Yeah, like. I don't know where that came from. Maybe I'm delusional for all the people around me were saying it that way, and that's just not how I understood it because I'm autistic. I hate this. I hate when that happens where you're like, am I the normal one or is everyone else, like, am I the crazy one? You know <laughs> right. I mean? Am I the villain? <laughs> am, I, am I the drama? <laughs> Bryn, there's a cute moment where Bryn's telling the concierge to bring Aaron's luggage to her and say, like, Bryn told me to bring this up because I want to ingratiate myself to Aaron after our fight. I, I don't understand that. How it would have ingratiated her if you if brought it she up. She brought it up, not if she told the help to do it. The, so so he's like, yes, Bryn told me to bring this, and she, Aaron goes, oh my god, I love Bryn. Actually, I don't love Bryn, but that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Again, why was it nice? <laughs> Jenna goes into Jessel's room to talk, and then Jenna's like, in her confessional, I walked into Jessel's room and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, and now I feel like I'm being punished. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, I thought my room was great. Then I saw this room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna's like, I just can't figure out like where the resentment and how it's like sort of built up like this like quickly. Jessel's like, it did kind of feel like, you know, talking about someone's insecurity and using it in a negative way. <laughs> but Jessel was contributing just as much. Yeah. Like, like I love Jessel acts like she's Jessel really is the bone carrier and yeah. like and is like playing both sides of this. Um, Jenna's like, you know, I don't know what Bryn's issue is, particularly with me. It just feels like sort of like it's deep and I don't get it. Like, 
Then we go to Brennan's side talking, and Brennan's like, you know, look, I can understand you're insecure, but you have to tell me. I, what? Do you, do you know what an insecurity is? <laughs> do, do you, do you, know you know what? The, you know what's inherent in an insecurity? Not feeling secure about it. Yeah. It's just like I real. I need them. They're gonna. I need them to just cop at the reunion. I can't, I can't have this dwell on and be in a fight, especially where they know the audience is against them at this point. They have to. They got to just, like, cop to it. And, and I feel like they're capable of it. They've shown to possibly be capable of it. So who knows? Um, and then Jenna just has to basically be like, you know, I've spent years, like, bending to other people to, like, make them happy. You know, I'm just not at that place in my life. Good and, for fucking her. And that's where I was like, I'm at least happy that Jenna isn't, like, folding in this moment and yeah. like taking it to heart. She's like, if this is what it is, that's fine. I'll, I'll move as it, as it, as I may <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. So that was Roni for this week. Frustrating episode, but still, you know, good stuff in terms of we're, we're invested for sure. All right. Now that we are done talking real housewives of New York, let's head on over to Utah for the first snow of season four of real housewives of Salt Lake city. This was good. Yeah. This was the best premiere in a long time. Yeah. It was really good. I really think that like here, I, we tweeted about it. I, I'm happy that it feels like they've gotten back to what the, what made the show popular in the first season. I think the Jen stuff, while salacious and like insane, and that moment with the the FBI showing up, is one of the most iconic moments on Housewives. I think at this point, yeah, like I think they got bogged down by Jen a lot and oh, yeah. her drama, and it got so intense and just like dark and gross and yeah. weird, to where like they got back to being kooky again. Yeah, but I also feel like they finally graduated into their into a real housewife series because when it first started yeah it felt like they were the parody city right? right like they were the people who were coming on as housewives who knew what housewives were and this was an snl skit yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it felt like so i'm glad that they finally like settled in and they feel like a real show and they don't feel like a parody yeah and it's like oh these are people these are actual people now right now i can actually believe it and it's not like Go back, like, go back and watch season one. Like, tell me that that does not look like a parody. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, also, this opening <laughs> is so dramatic. We it's just, a telenovela. We just got to Bermuda, May 10th, 2023, and it's Heather in her room, but we see, like, the camera down or whatever, just being like, what, on the phone, being like, are you serious? Like, freaking out about something. You had a point later, we'll get to it with the Monica stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, you had a point later of, like, it's cool, like, not knowing what the fuck is happening. Yeah. And, like, so, like being like, I, what the fuck is going to happen this season? Now, in fairness, I had that feeling about the Black Eye last season when I saw in the trailer, and then that turned out to be what it was. I hope that that's not the case this and time. The fact that it's also around Heather makes me sus. Yeah. But, honestly, this is not even the thing that I'm, like... Like, yes, I'm like, yeah, what is that? But, like, I'm not chomping at the bit about that. Monica is what had my jaw on the ground. Oh, yeah. We, I've never, I don't think since, I mean, maybe not even Vanderpump have we been so, like, 
aghast and like emotional about something as it was happening. Like it was crazy. We'll get to it. Uh, and then like they cut. So it's like, this is clearly what happens on the, like the big vacation or whatever. And it's some big cliffhanger. And then this like film, like, like they're in V for Vendetta or something where they're like passing each other and like quoting Bible verses, like about like, well, and it's not even just Bible verses. It, some of them are Bible verses. Some of them are from the book of Mormon. Oh, right, so, right, right. so they are two separate books. Yeah. And it's like, it, um, it was very, so I, we've talked about how we're wrestling fans as well. It reminded me, this is a niche thing, but it's like, if you look at like early to mid 2000s WWE pay-per-views, the intro packages, they loved like lengthy Bible quotes with like dramatic, like dark music over the top. And like, this felt like that for it some was, reason. Yeah, very much that. Um, and then it ends with the quote of he who breathes out lies will not escape. I'm like, are we in Saw? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> also, hi, Jen. I didn't know you were on this season. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, so we kick off the episode, and it's Sundance time in Salt Lake City, and obviously that's big for Salt Lake. And Lisa's working Sundance, as she always does, because does, she's the Sundance queen. And has been for 14 years, even though nobody knew who she was before Salt Lake City premiered. Right, ask Katie Maloney. <laughs> They're turning, she's turning around the, uh, over this event space and all that stuff and talking about how hectic su- Sundance always is. She then hops in the car with John um, to g- d- do more stuff. And she's just ranting about how like crazy Sundance, like it's so crazy. Like I, it's like, I've gone for like 10 hours. Like I haven't gotten any sleep. And she's like, Looking at her phone, like, oh, Henry has a birthday party next Saturday. Anyways, so, and John is just, like, staring forward and listening and just, like, I just feel horrible because I'm missing the kids, and I think it's really important we're all together. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) So then we find out, um, so she's like, yeah, it's, like, Jack's senior year. Well, we knew that because also last year with him being, like, fudge college and, like, not wanting to go to college. And Lisa starts to cry, like, we don't have him for very long. And John's like, well, he's not dying. So, (laughs) and then we find out this thing. So three weeks ago, apparently, Lisa and Jack got into this, like, argument because, like, she was like, we we need you to get these, like, two essays out for college and stuff like that. And she's like, and then Jack, like, stopped and was like, bawling. And was like, mom, I'm not going to college. I'm going on a mission. And so... Apparently, he's doing this, like, Mormon mission, which is a big thing, which, like, he's basically going to be gone for two years with, like, no contact. Right. Like, basically, like, go and doesn't know where you're going at this point. And you're right. just, like, spreading the word of Christ and, like. Which, apparently, he would have had to have been preparing for this for the last year. So, when he made that fudge college comment, he, he was knew. already in preparation for this. Yeah. And was hiding it from them. Well, and that's what Lisa's really upset about. She's like, I, I he was prepping this for the, a year and like, we didn't know about this. Like we had no clue. And it's like, but she made it all about her. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> it's like, I understand being upset that like your child would keep something like that from you and not feel open and honest to like come to you about it. But it's like, it, there also is a point of like, it's not about you. Like, right. And John kind of tries to reassure. She's like telling, he's telling Lisa, like, you know, look at where you were when you were 17 and you're like, you weren't with your parents all the time. She's like, yeah, that's right. And she's, um, and Jack apparently had told her that the reason he didn't tell them was like, you and dad are different than me, (laughs) which it's like, 
Oh God. Like, but it's like, I could tell like Lisa takes it. Lisa said, what was it lasting? Like I'm an empath. Like, Oh geez. I take it other people's emotions. Um, and then Lisa's just like, how do you feel, John? And John goes like, yeah, I mean, I think we just need to sit down and try to figure. And she goes, hold on. The team's messaging me. Hold on. <laughs> and John's just like, maybe some other time. Okay. <laughs> John, John. John is such a bunch of bag. <laughs> we He's go, used to it, though. Yeah. We go to Heather in her new house because she's now bought a new house like with her kids gone and sort of wanting to reinvent her life. And she's shoveling driveway, or shoveling her driveway from snow in four-inch heels on a platform. This was so fake. Uh, now that we've lived in Pittsburgh for close to a year, what my instinct—I don't know about you—my instinct was like, "You're not shoveling snow; you're salting that shit." Like, but even the, well, I mean, we haven't gotten that level of snow, so maybe it's different with that level of snow. Um, we'll, I guess we'll find out at some point. Yeah. Surely we'll get more snow at some point. I mean, unless global warming just makes it to where we don't have winter anymore. Um, but even then, bitch, you're paying somebody to do that. Right. And even then you're not doing it in four inch platform heels. Right. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? It's so stupid. Um, she, we find out, so Bad Mormon's become a New York Times bestseller at this point. Uh, she's opened up a new beauty lab location. Things are moving. So she decided to basically buy this house, even though it's like three blocks down from her old house. It's 7,900 7, square foot, seven bedrooms, six bathrooms. Holy shit. For just her, seemingly? But she's got three kids. But they're out of the house, aren't they, at this point? I don't think so. I think they're high school age. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's good to have them, like, when they come back to have a room, but it's like, Jesus Christ. It, it's just, it feels like a lot to me. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, eh, I mean, I can understand having a guest room, but you literally have three extra bedrooms. Yeah. It's what a, are you doing? It's, yeah. Um, Meredith arrives. She married their professional. I don't shovel snow. I mean... Most of us hire snow removal services. Exactly. At, at least in Park City. <laughs> um, Heather ba- talks about how, you know, it's also, it's been a lot on her, like, you know, with the church coming after her with the book and stuff like that. And also, like, she didn't have, a, she basically, she doesn't, can't explicitly say it because it's fourth wall breaking, but she's like, I didn't have a good season last year because everyone was, like, mad at me for being friends with Jen so much. And also the black eye thing. And, yeah, so... She's like, I'm just trying to block out the haters and live my life authentically me for the first time in my life. So, yeah. And I'm hopeful. We'll get yeah. to it later where it, I'm hoping she can move past some of the stuff that I didn't like about her last season. Um, Heather has met up with Whitney the day before, though. And it was the first time they had spoken in months. And Heather basically is like, you know, I kind of want to, you know, try to forge a new path as friends. And Whitney kind of just like staring at her blankly. <laughs> I, at this point, Whitney was kind from the reunion. Whitney was kind of over it, yeah. I feel, and like not feeling Heather was genuine and like wanting the, the friendship. I mean, after you know BravoCon and Thailand and the and the reunion, reunion where she was basically like, yeah, the bad thing was my the worst my worst regret from the season was my black eye and Whitney just having to be like. Okay, but I mean, our friendship too. I don't Not know. losing the <laughs> friendship of your cousin. Yeah. Whitney's like, you know, it'll. Actual I, verifiable cousin. <laughs> yes, exactly. There is blood there. Whitney's like, it's going to be hard to just trust you that you, know, you really want to be my friend. We just have to show each other that we mean it. 
And Heather's like, it was a little vague and stuff like that, but like at least, you know, there's something there. And they both apparently talked about doing a fresh start event where they can sort of like make everything sort of like, you know, better in the new year, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Heather basically talks about how she wants to feel safe around Whitney again. And I just don't at this point. And Meredith's like, well, I don't either. Cause what, what reason do you either <laughs> of you have to not feel safe around her? Like, eh. it's one thing to say, hey, I don't trust her or I don't know that, you know, I have her or she has my confidence. But to say you don't feel safe is a like, I guess there is some like, eh. well, and but Mar- Heather has maybe something deep to see because I think it's a little back and forth with Whit- with her and Whitney. I kind of trade on like wh- whose side I'm on in certain points. Meredith is like <laughs> Meredith's offense to Whit by Whitney is in fucking sane. Well, um, I just. Do you think she's coming after you with a knife? Well, what's the, go, what, no, what, I know. What, to be scared of her is, like, kind of crazy. But Meredith's like, she's in the press saying how Seth and I taking a bath is creepy and, like, filled with bacteria or, like, DNA or whatever. Baths <laughs> are gross. Baths are kind of gross. They're, they're human soup. And when you put two people in there, that's really gross. Neither of you are getting clean. Yeah. And then Meredith pulls up the New York Post article, which I guess, like, Whitney did an interview for. And she's reading the quote. The quote's not even that bad. Like, it's really not. But she's doing it in her Whitney impression, but still with Meredith's voice. It was this weird... It's it's awful. Like, like jumbled combination of, like, it creeps me out to get in a bath with someone else. To me, a bath is for me. (laughs) I just... I can't. And Meredith should be like, how much DNA do you think is in her hot tub? My bathtub is cleaned by my housekeeper every day. But guess what? When you get out of a bathtub, you then go take, or a hot tub, you then go take a shower. Yeah. Does she clean and, does she drain and clean that hot tub that she invites like 85 people into regularly? I don't know. There's a hot tub that can fit 85 people. And there's a, but there's a point where Heather's like, oh my God, this is so funny. And then Heather then realizes that Meredith is actually mad. And you see her face shift of like, <laughs> what? <laughs> of course she's mad. She's Meredith Marks. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come after my bathtub. <laughs> Just such a stupid quote. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You don't come after my marriage. You don't come after my bathtub. I mean, the only thing she left out was my children. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely bonkers unhinged behavior Mer- from Meredith and I has, am here for it. This has to be camp, right? Like this has like she has to have realized that she's so obnoxious. No, she, she came off she has no last clue. season and she has no clue. I I mean maybe that's funnier. I don't know. Yeah, you don't have to be aware for it to be camp. Yeah. So the we, room comes to exa- uh comes to mind. So we go to Meredith's store then in Park City when she's like setting up stuff or whatever. And then we see footsteps walking and then we just hear quotes in the background. Jen smell like hospital. <laughs> and then I love little I, girl. Well, my favorite one, I love that they did one of you don't give your kids nutrients, which I maintain <laughs> was the meanest thing ever said on Housewives. I think that is so it's so weird that people don't realize it's mean, but it's so undercover mean. It's really gross. It's really gross. And then we see Mary and Mary in her confessional just like, you better buckle up because I'm here. <laughs> 
I'm like, and I'm ready. <laughs> like, I I didn't realize how much I missed Mary until this episode. Like, she is so fucking good. And she she was so good in multiple realms. We'll get to it this episode. Mary can't get the door open. <laughs> and it's like fucking, and then it's like, like, just like, like, and she looks a mess. Her hair was like so disheveled this whole scene and was like, like she had been like, Mary was like, did you hike all the way up here? Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Mary talks about how she's pretty much cut everyone off except Meredith since leaving the show. She goes, I'll put it to you this way. The distance was good. <laughs> Mary, Mary's contempt for everyone except Meredith is hilarious to me. Like she does. It's so funny. They then go down the street to grab lunch. We, we find out a little bit more about what Mary's been doing in the off time. In her confessional, she goes, so Robert Jr. has a girlfriend, but everybody's telling me it's his wife. So we're going to have to figure this one out. <laughs> what? Your, your kid is married and you don't know? Well, in fairness, remember the scene where, like, she got so mad at him for, like, eating his grilled cheese weird and, like, it was, and he was supposed to go to military school at some point or something and, like, he was, she was going to, like, force him to? It's like, if Lisa's kid is worried about telling her, st- her yeah. stuff... Robert Jr. is not telling Mary anything. Can you you imagine Mary Cosby being your mother? Oh, my God. Oh. And the producer has to be like, you haven't asked him? Mary goes, I haven't had the chance. The producer goes, you live in the same house. And Mary just shrugs. And, oh, my God. I... I didn't even realize they live together. Yeah. And she doesn't know he's married? Well, and then, well, she, she is clearly happy with being aloof because she's also like, and Robert Sr. like just got back from Vegas. You know, he was, he was out there for six months and producer was like, what is, how was that like? And she goes, it was good. (laughs) I mean, that relationship is a whole mess of worms beyond the fact that he was her step grandfather at one point. Bonkers. (laughs) Mary asked Meredith how she's feeling about Jen. I love that throughout this episode. Mary was the only one to really like ask the questions about Jen for the most part and be like, so like, what the fuck? Yeah. Cause she's a mess. Yeah. So, well, that's, I, I'm sure the producers were so thankful. Oh, I yeah. feel like they, everyone else wanted to kind of act like Jen didn't exist except for Monica. Um, <laughs> like, and like kind of move past and like sort of, which I get, I understand that incentive. Cause it's I been like too. this dark cloud over the first three seasons. But Mary's like, we kind of got to get this part out of the way. She asked Meredith how she's feeling about Jen, and Meredith's like, look, you know, there's nothing to say about it anymore. She's, you know, pled guilty. She's going to serve her time, you know, and all that. We cut to her confessional, and Meredith is wearing this, like, giant black fur coat that's, like, just her whole body is just, like, fur coats. It's like she has killed a bear and climbed inside its corpse. (laughs) The producer goes, have you tried contacting Jen? And Meredith goes, I mean, she's in prison. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, when someone's in prison, you don't call them. They call you. Yeah, there you go. Mary just goes, I believe in karma. You know, you get what you deserve, I guess. <laughs> That's how you make the karma comment, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then the only thing left is that Mary, because they, they, like, J- Meredith gets, like, lobster, and Mary gets, like, a salad with cheese or something, and she's like, it's too spicy. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, clearly, Mary's like, spicy? What? She's like, comes out the other end spicy. <laughs> What? I've missed you, Mary. I've missed you so much. Oh God! Speak- it's dairy and lettuce. I don't understand. I 
Uh, we then see Angie, not Angie K anymore, because there's only one Angie left standing. Um, going yeah, fuck to you, Angie Harrington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going to lunch with Monica, who is the new housewife, and uh, later Lisa. Angie, Angie was kind of trying a lot this episode. Like, like, yeah, and I feel like I feel like she tried a lot last season. Like, and it, I think we didn't mind it as much because she was going after Jen. Yeah, and we were fine with it. So, like, yeah, she in her confessional. Being friends with Jen Shaw introduced me to things I never would have known or been around. The legal system, the difference between federal and state charges, and Monica. Okay. <laughs> like, you, you really practice that. Also, you as a just a person have never, like, maybe caught an episode of Law & Order. Yeah. There's 80,000 of them. Like, also, pick one. Speaking of confessional looks, Angie says this in this, like, red latex look. And... Like we said with Atlanta, um, I'm all for anyone getting plastic surgery. Like, like, do you? Whatever makes you happy makes you happy. Don't get me wrong. Um, Angie is a little bit of a jump scare. Um, <laughs> she kinda, I, I said she looks like she's in Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like, she looks like she's not human. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. A, a little she doesn't. Bit. She, looks, she looks a little like a Sim character. Like... Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And it's just drawing when you have people who have... And I'm sure everyone in this show has gotten work at some point. I mean, Heather, they, Heather's probably given it to them. But, like, it's like everyone else looks kind of normal, and she's just kind of like... like It's like she's been trans... Like, like she's been CGI'd in or something. <laughs> like, it's just a lot. Um, Lisa basically met Monica. So Monica says, you know, Angie and Monica have known each other for years. Lisa arrives... Lisa says that she met Monica years ago when she was running an errand for Jen at the airport because Monica used to work for Jen as an assistant. And Lisa makes a comment. She doesn't even look like the same person, though. Like, she has, like, she had, like, super blonde hair and fair skin. I couldn't even pick her out of a police lineup. Did you see the stuff that Monica on her Instagram was, like, dragging her over, like... And again, it it was coming from the Jen playbook of, like, calling Lisa racist and stuff like that. And I'm like maybe she is i don't know it's utah like i and i know who i get it she's donated to ted cruz so i but some of the accusations jen made i thought were a little unbelievable for my right so i'm like i don't know know. um i didn't think it was that bad also she was just saying that she didn't recognize her because she had blonde hair and fairer skin before yeah but that's not racist. I don't think, yeah. That's just saying you got a tan and dyed your hair. Yeah. Like, I. But then we, <laughs> then this is where we were mouth agape. So then Monica in her confessional tells us some of her backstory. She goes, so Jen had fired her assistant. So I had basically stepped in to help her. And then she goes, one night Jen asked me, do you want to be rich? Do you want to make $600,000 a year? All you have to do is put this, this, and this in your name. And we were like, hold up now. That's what? (laughs) What? (laughs) And then she goes, it was very bizarre. And I have a friend in the secret service. And I called him and he said, get the fuck away from Jen Shaw. She's going to prison. (laughs) (laughs) And she was arrested two months later. We screamed. And that is how I became a witness with the federal government in her trial. And we were like, 
Oh my fucking god! How what the, the fuck? How this stayed under wraps? That's the thing. I, I have no clue. It was such a good surprise. Well, and and I have been so frustrated lately. Like we get so spoiled in like everything gets leaked to the tabloids, to the blogs. It's everywhere. They and kept this shit under wraps. Like there's no surprises anymore in Housewives, and then this was completely radio silent. But so, but now that I'm like, so, okay. So is she the one that Dana was referencing last season when Dana was like, Hey Jen, so I have a friend of mine who like is an informant in your case. Probably because Dana's taken photos with, there's photos of Dana with Monica. Probably. I think like it's, that's crazy to me. That's just so insane. It's like, shady on the producers too. Like, and, holy shit. And what a mind fuck for Jen Shaw watching from her prison cell being like, this bitch literally ratted me out. And then stole my motherfucking snowflake. <laughs> it's so good. If Jen, like if Jen does ever come back to the show after however many, that, that was the other thing I was thinking in my back of my head, like with Heather and with Monica stuff. I'm like, They've set kind of pieces to if Jen comes back, there right. is so much material. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it'll probably be like season 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because she, what is, what was her sentence? Like 11? It was, like, was it? I thought it was like five. Oh, well, then she'll probably be out in like two or three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like season seven, season. You know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but it's season like, eight. And I like that they're kind of setting those pieces. I like that they've, they're forward thinking a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're all just, they take a second to just like admire Angie's like Fendi purse. It's like $7,000 or whatever. And just, and it's just Monica being like, oh my God. And at least being, oh my God. And like, it's so like, it's so like, they're just, just like, they're like, like birds, like sort of like, just like, you know, mimicking each other. And the waiter that comes up to take their orders just looks so annoyed by them. Also, can we just talk about how that purse is basically a fuzzy pillow you can buy at Walmart for like. $25 and add handles to sure yeah it, I, it, I just I I don't understand she was like it was a it was a she said it was like a gift for her daughter or something or like a future investment for her daughter or something I don't know, I don't know. that sounds like a whole bunch of bullshit that means I wanted to get this purse because it was cute yeah the waiter because and just Lisa being like I love the sushi nachos can I have that as an entree <laughs> <laughs> Could I have Diet Coke at a Vita cocktail? <laughs> Vita co- I love a Vita. What does that mean? A Vita cocktail? Like, do you want a fucking, do you want a margarita? Do you want to like, like, like it, what? Like it's not Vita is not the name of a cocktail. It's, it's, it's a tequila. It's brand. a tequila brand. It's your tequila brand. Like you, you can make a lot of shit with that. What do you want? Uh, we find out some backstory of Monica that she's basically going through her second divorce, but with the same man. Um, and the first time they got, they got divorced, it was because she was involved in an entanglement. So there's a lot there. <laughs> I mean, oh just boy. that alone, it's like, okay, lots of material. She has four girls between the ages of 17 and six, which I was like, wow, you look really young for like having a 17 year old. So wait, he was involved with an entanglement. She was, that's what I, the impression. Oh, I got. So kind okay. of like a Jen, uh, uh, Pradranti situation. Like I don't see. Oh, well, I was thinking Will and Jada Smith. Or that. That too. The, the famous entanglement. Yeah. Lisa's like, it's so great. To- Will, don't slap me. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I talked stop about you, Jada. Stop you through the, through the, through the microphone. <laughs> um, Lisa's like, 
it's so great getting to talk to you, Monica. Is like because I I've like like known Monica, but now I get to like know Monica, and Monica and her professional. Yeah, so like I would talk to Lisa constantly because Jen would get sick and tired of talking to her on the phone and would literally just hand me the phone and I'd have to be like, "Yeah, girl, I know." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they just <laughs> like, oh, "Yeah, I know." She's girl. like She's like, "You could set the phone down, come back for 2 hours and she's still fucking talking." Jeez. And the whole time they just keep cutting to like like Lisa in this conversation being like, "You know what I'm obsessed with right now? Anything maritime. I like yachting." <laughs> I like to be on like super yachts. <laughs> they, the, Angie at one point is like, Lisa, I really got to teach you how to cook one day. And Lisa's like, oh my God, yes. I never even made eggs. <laughs> the way she says eggs. <laughs> I can't even make eggs. Uh, and then Monica in her confessional is just like, it's so crazy uh, hearing them portray these perfect lives. We've all heard things about each other thanks to Jen. <laughs> So I'm trying to walk this fine line of being open-minded and not judgmental, even though all of their dark secrets are very heavy on my mind. I'm like, oh, but it's like the ghost of Jen Shaw here to like ruin Lisa Barlow's life. Right. So perfect. Um, we then go to Heather's uh, fresh start party. Uh, speaking of plastic surgery, Heather's friend, Mary H. Who <laughs> looked like you were like, that's just a Bratz doll. Like, what it, the fuck? It, it literally looked like if Bratz made a doll of Morgan McMichaels. It's crazy. It's like... <laughs> um, everyone starts arriving. Um, Mary then shows up. And, it, like, Whitney's like, holy shit, Mary's here. She goes, is this real? Is this a hologram? Did Heather roofie me? <laughs> <laughs> Lisa arrives with Angie and with Monica and Angie's is already starting it with Heather. And I don't, I mean, it's, it comes off a little thirsty how she's going after Heather very early. She's like, I'd say thanks for the invite, but I think Lisa brought me, but this gift is for you anyways. And Heather's like, Oh my God. Like <laughs> Heather's like, you know, of course Lisa would bring the person who spread the most like salacious rumor about me. Yes. Last year. Mm -hmm. And it's the whole Barbie scissor kick thing with, right. Which I didn't think was that big of a deal even necessarily, but it is a little thirsty on Angie's part. And, yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> I loved Monica in her confessional. So to be completely honest, Jen never said anything nice about Heather, <laughs> which we all knew. Yeah. It's great to have that extra confirmation. But she also never said anything nice about anybody ever, and everything that came out of her mouth was bullshit. So I'm going to make my own assumptions about Heather. I do appreciate that Monica's kind of like the, like, you know, the second coming of Jen and is, like, yeah. linking off of Jen, but to, can acknowledge that Jen, for the most part, was full of shit. Yeah. I, what I, it's funny because initially when we saw Monica come in, we were thinking that she got on the show because she was friends with Angie. Right, right, right. And I was like, wow, that's so amazing. Angie was a friend of before, and she's on her first season as a housewife and brought one of her friends who is now also a full-time housewife. That's amazing. The power that Angie, but no. It's really Jen. It had nothing to do with Angie. Yeah. Speaking of Angie, like that like the kind of forced like confessional comment, she grabs a platter of like banana bread to come out to everybody and be like, Hey everyone serving up banana bread. I'm like, you need to think through your bits. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't just like do anything and call it a bit. <laughs> like, Oh geez. 
Um, oh my God. Lisa then, Lisa then says hi to Mary and Mary's like, I love your jacket. Like, so like, like side hug or whatever. Lisa in her confessional. Holy shit. Mary Cosby. Mary and I really didn't leave things bad, but the last text message I got from Mary wasn't exactly nice. And then in Lisa in her confessional reading the text message, Lisa, you're the biggest idiot. You're a black widow. You are the biggest liar in Utah. And then Lisa goes, wow. <laughs> You'll kill people with your nasty tequila. You, it's so funny. Even <laughs> You remind me of a witch, you evil person. You're not interesting. You're a horrible human being. <laughs> I, would, I would die if Mary sent me a hate text. Like, like it, it would be the Because she's already done it world. to Whitney, right? Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's so perfect. And then Mary to her confessional. Yeah, I, I do feel good seeing Lisa right now. And I really like her jacket. <laughs> like, you sound like it. Oh, jeez. Heather welcomes everyone to the party and says that they've all had a really hard year and that she hopes that, you know, we can leave it all behind us here. Uh, and, and again, Mary, like, being that, that, you know, person we need here, asks Heather, like, how are you doing now without Jen? Mary goes, do you still have that, like, strong attachment? And Heather goes, no, I think that was projected a lot by, on me by a lot of people. And, Heather, and Mary has to be like, no, you guys had something. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love that she, like, stopped Heather being like, no, don't, like, pass it off like like i understand why heather's trying to distance herself but like no you have to own up to but it but she got heather to kind of like open up more in this yeah. and was like you know yeah i didn't really have boundaries in the relationship and mary was like yeah and you know but you knew what you were walking into and you kind of accepted it and and heather has to be like yeah i accepted it at a certain point she's like i feel like a weight's lifted off of me now that jen's gone and i didn't feel like i could be honest with jen because of her case i couldn't be like yeah this friendship's fucked up. Like, it's toxic. Like, you know, which I get. Um, Meredith then pulls Lisa aside at one point, and Meredith's like, yeah, I, you know, I know we've had our issues, and, and it's been hard, you know, with the group dynamics, like, sort of getting back there. I kind of want to, you know, if we can get together at some point to, you know, patch things up. I feel like Meredith was kind of like, I have to readjust a little bit, because mm-hmm. I feel like she would have been committed to just hating Lisa throughout this, you know, this thing. Um, Lisa in her confessional, I did not see that coming, but let's be honest. I know she missed me. I would miss me too. <laughs> Monica asks, uh, as everyone in the group, okay, so who here has read Heather's book? And everyone's like silent. <laughs> then Mary says under her breath, ain't nobody reading that book. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't even under her breath. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty like normal tone. <laughs> And Heather is just like, yeah, I don't, you know, they're not readers. <laughs> they don't, they're, they're not the reading type. Lisa, again, Angie, again, Lisa makes a joke, though, about, like, Heather, am I in the book? And Heather like, is like, yeah, I said that you're, like, a, you know, it, it's a wild experience having Lisa as a friend. She's, like, no other. And Lisa's like, oh, I'm ordering the book right now. I'll have to buy it. And then Angie pipes in and goes, I want a signed copy of the book from Lisa. And Heather's like, okay come on at this point like it's so obvious like you're just trying to start an issue yeah uh at one point heather and whitney are behind the bar and meredith's there and they're talking about you know being buzzing cousins uh they're like you know from booze and whitney makes a joke of like and other things it's legal now (laughs) heather Heather then goes when did special k become legal like as a joke 
not even Jeez. realizing what she's saying. Uh. When he goes, I don't do special K. I would have like a heart attack. And then Meredith goes, but you like to say that I do. Uh-huh. And Heather's like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> and then just like slowly leaves. Meredith's like, well, I found out that Whitney was, you know, you were the root of the rumor. And Whitney's like, that's not true. Like, I heard it. And she, I think she says they're professional. She's like, I heard it from Lisa in New York, who heard it from Jen. <laughs> and they Jeez. replayed Lisa saying this at the reunion. Um, Whitney goes, you know I would own it if I said you did that. I have never said that you've done ketamine. <laughs> I, sometimes, I, like, just the way I'm repeating these notes, I'm like, this fucking show is amazing. Meredith goes, Whitney, I don't believe you own the things you say. And then, then now Meredith then brings up the whole bath comment. And Whitney goes, that was a funny joke, Meredith. And Meredith goes, no, it was a dig on my marriage and a dig on my bathtub. Like, I have a dirty house. <laughs> it was a dig on my bathtub. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Whitney, Whitney in her confessional, I was like, holy shit. She goes, I would never assume Meredith has a dirty house. I don't even know where you're living right now. I don't know what vacation rental you're staying in. And they flash to the fact that every house that Meredith has stayed in for these seasons is different. But also, it's been enough alike that I don't think anybody I, noticed. No, I had no clue. I, I literally did not notice. Whitney goes... I'd assume she'd wrap everything in plastic so she gets her deposit back at the end of the lease. I saw a great tweet, which was like, it feels like Whitney went to Thailand, befriended Candace, and then came back and with all of her shade. Yeah. Whitney was on point. Whitney wasn't like, like, I've been annoyed with Whitney last season about like the way she kind of operates and like, it just gets annoying at a certain point. Mm-hmm. She was just like, I'm just going to be shady as fuck this season. Fuck it. Like, yeah. I appreciated that. Meredith goes, my bathtub is clean. Maybe yours isn't. And then Whitney goes, mine is very clean. She, and verbatim, she goes, Meredith, I take baths all the time. It's like, what is this <laughs> sentence? That you're... <laughs> I prefer to take my baths alone, which is true. Why are you judging me for wanting to take a bath alone? <laughs> like, this has gotten so stupid. And she's like, it's my right to take a bath by myself. <laughs> Meredith goes, did I make shady jokes when you got naked with your husband painting each other and say, oh, I wonder if she's getting bacteria in her vagina. I just. This, but this is what I want, right? Like, right. Like that was the appeal of season one. That is what made season one so, po- uh, so popular. You know, Mary telling Jen that she smelled like hospital and how weird it was. And like, you know, you know, it's like this is the shit that made Salt Lake popular. Like stupid, ridiculous fights that are past the point of just like you aren't like you're like you know NPCs like communicating at this point. It, it's almost like simlish, isn't that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, yeah, Sim- yeah. It's just bonkers. Whitney apologizes for offending her, but she's like, I have to trust that you'll let it go and you won't hold a grudge. And Meredith goes, I don't hold grudges, Whitney. I was like, I'm done. You hold nothing but grudges. What are you talking about? It's literally been your main character trait on this show. In order to eat dinner, you have to put down a grudge so you can hold your fork. I don't understand. It's like Candy Burris saying, I don't work. It's like... It's like fucking, I don't know. What's another example? It's like Kyle Richard being like, I don't force people to be honest. Or do the splits or, randomly. Yeah. It's like, this is literally the defining point of your character, Meredith. 
when he goes, how do we make sure we don't go back here? Because we don't want to lose brain cells over this. And Meredith goes, save your brain cells. Save your brain cells. <laughs> they both, both, they say, both basically say like they don't trust each other. <laughs> and Whitney in her confessional, I'm never going to live creepy bathtub down. She's not going to stop bringing this up for like five years from now. It's always something. Yeah. So then they go down to do their final exercise of this party. Because Whitney or Heather's got somebody to like, like to make snowballs for them to throw at each other. Mary's they're suspiciously perfect snowballs. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he had a company or something that does this, or maybe uh, Mary immediately goes, "I'm not doing that," <laughs> and just sits <laughs> in the fucking place watching them do this. Lisa in her confessional. The only snowballs I like are the ones that are in the gas station. They come in a two-pack. They're pink. They're cream-filled. They got coconut on top. Not these things that are made of ice. And I'm like, yes, Lisa, we know what a snowball is. Like, I thought she meant a snow cone at first. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, it's a, I was like, well what are you talking? Oh, no, you mean, okay, cool. Well, okay. I, someone should have just poured some, like, colored syrup on one of the snowballs. But, oh, my God, I love, I, I love snow cones. <laughs> And then, so then they start throwing uh, snowballs at each other and the fucking Game of Thrones music in the background as they're just pelting each other in slow-mo it's in the head. It's better than the choir music they've ha they had all last season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but it's like, oh, it, oh, 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 oh. but it, this, it wasn't choir this time. It was like, Santos. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's still choir music. Yeah, but, but it's yeah. like the it's like some like you know it's, it's like, like Carmina Barana or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, it's like crazy. Monica tackles Angie at one point, and they're just rolling down the hill. It's like intense as fuck. Heather's like it's like Lord of the Flies, which is a book they probably haven't read either. And it's yeah. just them like like wide like drone shot out as they're pelting each other, and Angie's going my hair, and that's the end of the episode. They also, like, had a quote-unquote cast photo after this that has come out. Mary's not in the photo. Oh, yeah. And also, there's another, another black woman that was in this group. Yeah, it was, like, Whitney's friend or something. But she's in the back, and you can only see, like, part of her face because she's, like, right behind someone's head. Oh, that's a metaphor. And I was like, come on, really? <laughs> Salt Lake. Really, guys? There was plenty of space for her. You just needed to not put your head right in front of her. Right. Oh, God. Uh, but that was Salt Lake for this week. Amazing, amazing premiere. I'm actually excited for this season, and I was not excited like, at yeah. the end of last season. Like, Really, really good stuff. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression, 
that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His NB. Let's head on out to California where we're now streaming in HD on Real Housewives of Orange County. I mean, do we need to promote her any more than she's promoted herself? I can't believe her initials are all over everything. Yeah, imagine the way we talked about Jenna Lyons this episode. We kind of feel that way about Heather at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been a Heather stan, but like, I'm just glad that it's, uh, you know. But I've understood the, like, okay, yeah, she's too pretentious. Oh, blah, blah, blah. This, I'm like, the bitterness of them has kind of started to come out. It's it's literally exactly the same thing that's happening on New York with Jenna. Yeah. It's it's so, like, they're just, they're, they're jealous. It, it, that's, it has to be. Like, like, Vicky would talk all the time in interviews about, like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I'm fine with Heather, but, like, she makes me feel like she's here and I'm there or whatever. And I'm like. But that's about how you feel. It's more what about has she you done? Than, it's more about you than her. Because I feel like you guys have made way more comments about her being pretentious than she has made comments about how you're lesser than. In fact, I don't know of any direct comments where she said that you're lesser than. Yeah. Or anything where she's ever implied that. Right. But I also think she's on the tism, too. So that's just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we All my favorites has the tism. We start this episode. I was really happy with it. We start the episode with Shannon visiting Dr. Moon. And I'm like, we haven't gotten a Dr. Moon scene in a long time on, how- on OC. I think there's a good reason for that. Oh, why is that? Elaborate. He's... He, mm, he's a quack. You could say it. Yeah. I mean, he's just sticking fingers at people's butts and calling hey, look, it medicine. If he's a well, I mean, the proctologists do that too. But, but it's not for those reasons. <laughs> that's fair. But like this little old man's just running around sticking fingers at people's butts. It's like, what are you doing? And it's like to check their energy level, bitch. That's not how that works. No. Uh, he she, talked. To he's Moon. probably the one that told her to put the fucking crystals in her teeth. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Moon's talking about, yeah, yeah, the biggest thing right now is like gravity stress. Shannon goes, you mean like my belly that's sagging down? And Dr. Moon goes, yeah, your face is sagging down too. Read her. (laughs) Read her. Um, and then we find out that Shannon is now working, is getting into business with Dr. Moon, working on a Citalonic, which is a. Well, Citalonic is the. 
at home version. It's the at home colonic that she used seasons ago and got the tip stuck in her butt. Right, but now she's making one that is one tip to avoid that. Right, it's the it's a solid like the tip and the tube are connected, so it's not like anything can come apart. Yeah. Oh God. Um, and she talks about wanting to grow her business now, now that she has three kids going to college. And she's like, I have three kids going to college in very expensive cities. And it's like, okay, yeah, like New York. Like, I forgot what the other one was. And then like Waco. And I'm like, as someone from Texas, we're like, Waco's not expensive. I mean, well, it, it might be expensive now because there's like the whole Chip and Joanna Gaines of it all. Oh, They're based out of there. Yeah. They've, like Waco's kind of become pretentious Waco a little bit. Waco is trash. I'm sorry. I mean, Baylor has always been pretentious. Sure. Um, and the areas around Baylor have always been pretentious, but Waco is a middle of nowhere hick town. Right, right, right. Or Baylor. Waco is. Um, yeah, it's not. No. Yeah, anyway, you drive through Waco, not to Waco, okay? And you hold your nose while you're doing it. That was a former life. So <laughs> um, we go to Jen's house, and she has her mother, Kristen, over at the house. They're making cookies for when the kids come home and that. Um, and, but it was good to see Jen, Jen's mom in this, um, you know, because we've heard stuff about her parents and, like, their relationship with Will and mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, but Jen talks about how her mom is basically like her best friend, but when her marriage was really rocky, they kind of stopped coming around for a while and that, you know, she, uh, it's, she's nervous sort of introducing her to Ryan for the first time because they haven't really interacted. So, which is kind of, I mean, Tamara says it is kind of crazy that they haven't like, you know, but it's not really, things have been awkward Sure, and they don't live in the same city they don't even live in the same state like her family lives in oklahoma so like i understand why they haven't i mean it's not like you can run into each other at walmart right 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 jen talks about how to her mom like you know everyone thinks that you know you leave a marriage and the person is just like dead to you she's like i still love will at the end of the day you know maybe not in the way in which you know we can preserve a marriage but and then her mom starts crying and she starts crying and is like talking about how, you know, Will and apparently like Will, I guess, didn't have a mother. So that's where her um, her mother and Will like bonded really tightly, you know, in that in, in that way. Um, and Jen's crying about like, you know, I, ju- I didn't mean to do what I did. And Will didn't deserve that. You know, it, like, it, again, this is why I love Jen to be like, you know. Not to make Will the bad guy, not to say, like, he's a terrible person and that, but just, like, you know, he did. He deserves as much as I do, and, like, it just wasn't something that... Well, and that would be so easy to do, right? Because right. he's not there to defend himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, she's, like, you know, she's taking ownership of what she did. She's not... Uh, she's taking... Uh, what am I thinking of? Taking the high road here. She's yeah, yeah. not... Like trying to throw him on the under the bus, trying to ingratiate herself with a new audience. She's just being honest, and that like, like, I I can really respect her for that. Yeah, her mom tells her you like you you have to be happy. You can't pretend to be happy. Um, they hug, and and her mom her mom actually apologizes to her for not being there for her. You know, in that mm-hmm. period. And so I think it was good to see that because we had such talk about like oh, the parents are, like, taking Will's side and, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, God, that's terrible. But it, do- it seems just like a lot of emotions more than anything. It doesn't seem like anything deeper beyond yeah. that. And it seemed- I-, I liked her mom this episode. I thought she was... Really I did, cool. too. 
Um, we see Heather getting ready for her fireside party. <laughs> At one point, they're about to leave the house, and Terry, uh, she's like, you were going to wear a red pocket square with a pink tie, Terry? <laughs> and, like, her assistant or whatever, like, you're so straight. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tamara and Jen are, are accidentally matching. They're both in these, like, green, like, sort of, like, they're slightly different. Like, her, Tamara's is more like a suit um, dress, and then... Jen's is more just like a t-shirt dress more than a like a are they dresses I thought they were jumpsuits I can't remember I can't remember either yeah um Heather uh talks about how she's wanted to throw a party to like embody the lifestyle that's being shown on the network and that's why it's all it looks the way it does etc she's like living your life in high definition and I'm like okay so that's why your tagline is the way it is I love that a couple times this season it's like you don't find out why the tagline like makes sense until like like but with that, Emily's taco one. That's my favorite, though. Like, give me something that I have to remember your tagline and then, like, listen for it throughout the whole season. Give me that. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, all the guests start arriving. They're, like, hobnobbing and stuff like that. Um, Emily asks Heather if Shannon's coming. Um, and then we find out Heather's, Heather's like, no, she's not. Um, like, she kept saying, like, oh, it might be a possibility. You know, I'm going to be in town and stuff like that. And then Heather, uh, like texted her like two days before to get like final confirmation and then shannon did not respond until like 20 minutes before she's talking right now and was like yeah i'm sick which is fucked up <laughs> like it's it's rude yeah this is where i'm like i get there's like there's all this discussion about like heather's so much into manners and like sort of etiquette and stuff like that but there are certain like is some etiquette annoying yes but like but honestly, also there's there's some that make sense but Honestly, she doesn't even really care about the etiquette that is just the formality. Right, She right, cares right. about the etiquette that is literally being considerate of other people. Because she literally, I mean, it's, they're, they're having like a sit-down lunch with like place cards and stuff like that. So she, want, she clearly needs to know how many people were going to be there and no seating arrangements and stuff like that. That's all it was. Also, it's clear that Shannon's bullshitting her because we see a scene at one point where she's talking with Shannon and Shannon goes, oh, well... You know, this thing is happening where I'm going to be in Texas or something. For her daughter's college thing, yeah. And so I don't know if I'm going to be able to come. I might be going to that. And then, like, she texts her 20 minutes before and says, oh, I'm sick? Yeah. No, it's bullshit. You were never going. You just needed an excuse. Right. Um, Jen asked Emily, like, what's up with Shannon? And Emily's mad now. And we find out that the reason she's mad is because Heather said that Shannon was talking shit about her at BravoCon. And but she's like, but I can't tell you what it is because it's in the vault. And and Emily's now really pissed about this. I I don't get why Emily's so pissed. I get it's a little annoying, but like also you know how Shannon operates. If that if it's true what's being said, which by the way on Watch What Happens Live, Emily's like actually that that's not what happened. So it was actually Tamra. Yeah, shocking. Shockingly, everything comes back to Tamra. Uh huh. Just so shocking. Um, Heather and Terry have already packed and moved into a hotel in like a three-day span because they had to get out quickly, Mm -hmm. which it's like, it's one, we had to move a, how much square foot was our apartment in Texas? Like, Uh, not a lot. Like, just over a thousand square feet? Like, and that was a fucking struggle. (laughs) It 
took me about a month and a half to pack everything. Yeah. And the only re- reason I say me is because I work from home part time. Eamon is literally out like busting his ass, like in his job doing physical type stuff. But so, like, like but I, alone, of course, took on a most of that. And but also, all, I'm very particular about the way or things are organized. Correct. Um, but like a small apartment versus like what is practically like the Mall of America at this point, that the, house. The difference is, is that I did it. For us, they had people that they paid to do it for well, them. Well, yeah, yeah, they did not do that. I, that's right. They, they did not touch themselves. a bit of cardboard. <laughs> yeah, um, they then start celebrating because their money's hit the account. Everything's out of escrow, so it's it was it was really cute to see the little the little dance thing. And like, nope, we got to do the party. It's so, we gotta... it's so awkward and like it's not cringy, but like it's like it, someone said it's like nerdy. Like, yeah, but I find that endearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Emily has already drank too much. She has like four glasses by her table when she b- before they're about to go into I the lunch. I don't understand. <laughs> and she how like, do you get slat sloshed that fast? Well, she says she hadn't eaten anything. I don't care. <laughs> I just went to a potluck this last weekend for um, Labor Day. Had like four or five Jello shots on an empty stomach. Nothing. Right. So I don't want to hear it. Heather does like a toast to welcome everyone to celebrate the new network um, on Fireside. And uh, she has them like toast around, like they're in a semicircle. So they like toast each other because like it's, you know, to celebrate the community building of the network. And I'm like this, I get this is cute and like, like, but it's also giving like cultish vibes to me. I don't know. Stuff like that at, at these kind of events. I'm like. Okay. Not me right. building those type of things into my rituals in, <laughs> in my practice. Well, no, 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 no. That's different. Like, but that's a, that's a practice. That's yeah. A, that's not like a, a like I don't know. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> Gina, I mean, we are wearing hooded robes half the time. <laughs> <laughs> Gina says that um, you know this party has Heather written all over it, literally, because it's like H. Because it's but it's as Heather points out, it's called the HD network. Right. It's her initials. It's good. It's just, it's just, but it's also, even like Tamara was nitpicking, like, oh, let me grab a Heather Debro napkin. It's like, guys, it's a fucking fancy ass party. Like, get over it. Also, if you want a really cool um, thing that you can take home from this, how about the little mirrored nameplates that were at each, that had like your name etched into them at each table setting. Right. Like how about the menu that was also mirror with it etched in? That was so fucking cool and it never got talked about. Here's what I don't understand. When Heather came back last season, Gina and Emily were like, oh my God, it's like, look at the house. Look at how, you know, oh my God, the the table setting. Oh my God, it's so fancy. They were so happy to like indulge in all of Heather's richness. And now it's pretentious. Yeah. What? Like, uh, I don't know. Um, Heather explains like what the network is and like, yeah, you can do like scripted and you can do like non-scripted. Tamara in her confessional, is that where your acting career is going? It's all the attacks. I get it that it's like, I get it's not like the most serious thing, but like all the attacks that people are doing in her confessional in their confessionals on her acting career, I find it's tired. It's tired, and it just comes off jealous. Yeah, it like like 
okay, like, yeah, she's not fucking Angelina Jolie, like you mentioned, Tamara. Yeah, but That's her IMDb the... page still looks better than yours. Yeah, but... What do it... you have, a failed gym <laughs> and a shitty podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I have a shitty podcast, too, so we got that in common. <laughs> there we go. Um, Tamara's like, okay, but, like, how is it, like, you said it's, like, interactive. Like, how is it interactive? And Tamara does not understand. She's like... But like how? And Heather's like, I don't know. You can talk to the tech people. That's not that's not my realm. And Tamara's like, so it's just Instagram Live. No. But it's like series. But it's a series. It's not like you talking to people on an Instagram Live. Like it, it can be that, but it can also be scripted. The thing is, is that you get audio interaction with your audience. It's not just where you're somebody can type something or like send a little heart on the screen it's not like that it's basically a virtual studio audience yeah like it's not that difficult to wrap your head around i got maybe a quarter of what she actually explained to you and i know that's because they cut some stuff out when they're editing the show but it's like, it's not so the, it's not that hard to pick up but they're not trying to learn about no it. they're not they're just that trying to undercut point. it yeah like, you know they discussed that they're gonna you know we should do a girl's trip how about we go to mexico and stuff like that um, they start then getting served their lunch. Um, and there's this big, like they get the meal, which like has the big close on it. And, and Emily's like, is there a bird in it? Cause it looks like a bird, like, like cage or whatever. Heather's like, it's a close. That wasn't bad. It gets worse. They were so like, they acted like that was so pretentious and like fake and stuck up. Fast forward to later when they're in Mexico and what do they do? They serve them food in a fucking close. Oh, is that what? I didn't even notice that. That's hilarious. I will say I was, I didn't think it was pretentious, but like the giantness of the close for like something that looked like, I don't to me, like those big cloches are good when you you know have you have you ever seen the ones where they put like the smoke in it and like, yeah like, like to me those are what those cloches yeah. are for and it's like what's the point of the giant cloche for like this tiny like pretty flat it's, dish it's because with well I mean normally cloches are like the metal ones that are short. right 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 yeah but these like these are specifically bell jars that are being used as cloche as cloches and bell jars are they don't come in a different aspect ratio. Right. It is if I'm, it is this big around, then it is this tall. Right. But I'm saying you would want like a dish that ha or like a uh, uh, like the food to have some kind of like height. You know right. what I mean? Right. Because like right, why right, else right. is it that big? Yeah. Um, Emily starts complaining about there being no dressing on her salad or something like. That. Is there dressing on? Like she's just kind of being loud about it and like just like kinda. Ugh. And then she starts eating the cucumber really weird. Like there's, it's like the like the like the, the ribbons, the ribbons of cucumber. And she hasn't. Heather says later, like a fruit roll up in her mouth, and it's like, oh, oh god, geez. like this is it was. And then she starts talking about there's sand on it somewhere. Yeah, she's like, is there sand in the salad? And but it's like, and she's just like, is there sand in your salad, Jen? How about you, Gina? And it's like, oh my god, like like I was really happy that Gina was like, you need to chill the fuck out because yeah. this is not cool well to me like because so at this point heather like goes to tamra goes that's an interesting way to eat is she hammered and Tam tamra goes yeah and heather goes oh excellent um <laughs> and to me like at this point like the sound it's it's like a lot but also it was like i know it's housewives so it's like right it's a little you know I, emily's a lot sometimes it's fine to me where it turned is that emily then goes Heather, I think you should put your initials on more things. Yeah. I don't think there's enough. And you can, this is where Heather got like uncomfortable by it and was like, 
It just it, seems it became vicious. It became a little mean. And she's like, uh and Gina in her confession was like, why are you saying this at the table? Just wait until after the party and then call me and we'll talk shit about it like normal people. <laughs> like you're having no filter right now. It's like it's too much. And Emily goes, I'm surprised we didn't get branded with HDs when we got here. It's like, oh my God. Tamara literally tells her, drink water. I don't think that's going to help at this point. Yeah. Um, Heather in her confessional. For Emily to be sitting here acting like an ass is so crass and so rude and so inappropriate. But I'm not going to allow her to take this away from me. So nasty and so rude. <laughs> so nasty and so rude. Um, at one point, Emily's like, Emily tells Heather, you know I'm joking about that. And Heather just like looks away. Like... The other thing was annoying to me was Emily just being like, I'm joking. It's fine. It's like, okay, but like jokes are, like, unless everyone's laughing, it's not a yeah. joke. Like, well, and this is really what, this is the moment that really upset me because you could tell Heather was hurt. Yeah. At that point. And it's like, this is, this is supposed to be a celebratory thing. Yeah. And you're not only just shitting all over it because you're being messy. But then you've decided to also try to tear her down. Yeah. And it's like, that's what the fuck? This has gone from fun shade to a whole different dark place. And I'm not here for that. And I normally love Emily. Emily is one of my favorites. Like, I think across all the franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, this really disappointed me. And I hope she can at least apologize for it later. Like she's, yeah. she's just, she doesn't watch what happens. I'm she hasn't even watched the episode yet. Cause she's like, I heard it so bad, but yeah. Like, um, Emily and Gina go to the bathroom and like, they go through these like curtains and Emily's like, it's like the wizard of Oz back here. Ooh, like really loud. And it's like, God damn it. Uh, Heather turns to Tamara because I feel like she's on my case and you're at my event. Eat your fucking food and shut up. <laughs> Jen's like, I, I, I think she said like she drank too much and she hasn't eaten all day. And Heather goes, well, you know what? I'm sorry, but at this age, it's not an excuse. We're past that. I'm like, yeah. someone tell that to Tamara. Yeah. Who every other word is like, oh, I was drunk. Like, she's right. Like, it's not an excuse. Like, you should know, like, you're not at a club. Like, once you're over like 25 or something, I'm drunk is not an excuse. Yeah. But they finish up the lunch. Um, Heather and Terry go back to the house. We see them come back after, after the party to sort of like reminisce on their journey and their last night in the house and stuff like that. Um, Terry goes, every inch of this house is you perfect in so many ways. Heather has the biggest smile on her face. Like it's almost like Cheshire long. Like, yeah. and she's like, <laughs> I don't know why, but when we were watching this, I, I was almost, I, I, again, I have no clue why I was expecting this. But I was almost expecting Terry to finish that sentence with, you know, every inch of this place is covered in semen. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I feel like first season Terry would make that joke. And that's why I'm like, Terry, are you making this joke? Is that what you're doing? Uh, Heather goes, I'm not perfect. Just ask my friends. And then Heather's like, Emily was horrible tonight, by the way. And then she goes, that's why I didn't tell any of them we sold our house. Like, how do you share something when you're damned if you do and damned if you don't? Yeah. And it's, it's similar to what the position Jenna Lyons has put in. Yeah. Where it's like, you're not creating a safe space at this point for her to share anything. So, and then, no. and then um, she goes, in her confessional, she goes, to me, the medal of a friend is someone can be happy for you in success. It feels like if, if I tell some of my friends something positive that happened to me, I'm bragging. 
don't poke boats. Don't poke holes in other people's boats. It doesn't make your boat float. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you don't have to tear Heather down to make yourself feel good. It's really not that like it's ridiculous at this point. And it's like, yeah, she doesn't feel like she can confide in you guys without being jumped down. It's like, yeah, it sucks. Um, they dance in the house one last time as we get like flashbacks of like them cutting, like going into like starting the first building on the house or whatever. And I love that they, they show clips of the party it, and it's supposed to be like sentimental moments with Heather and Terry, but then they show a clip of Vicky going, we thank Jesus in advance if you're Christian and you'll do the same to Megan. <laughs> I think it's just more iconic moments that have happened in this yeah, house. Yeah. Although I kind of wish that they, if that was the thing that they were doing, that they also would have said, if you come for me or my family ever oh, again. Oh, but that wasn't at her house. I that, thought it was. I thought that was, was like outside. It was the week after at um, someone else's party. Oh, never mind. It should be. No, it should have been her shoving the cameras out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> the unearthed footage of her assaulting a producer. They really are showing. <laughs> They really should have just shown the Megan clip, though, because that's the best part of that fight, though, of you're just an old lady who's pissed off and bitter at the world, so you shut up. <laughs> so good. I miss Megan. Um, Tamara, uh, or Tamara's FaceTiming Shannon at Shannon's house as she's trying to, Shannon's trying to play ball with Archie, and Archie not giving off fuck. Archie just, like, having the ball in his mouth and just, like, laying down. And <laughs> Shannon's just sitting there like, Okay. <laughs> it's like it is fall in Southern California. It is hotter than Satan's asshole out here. Yeah, you yeah, want yeah. me to run? No, thank you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Tamara gives Shannon the briefing of everything that happened at the party, how Emily got too drunk or whatever and all that. Um, Shannon's like, yeah, I got a call from Heather basically reprimanding me about not RSVPing. And we see the clip of Heather calling her. Um, and Shannon's like flashbacks to the hoedown. And I'm like, but that's different. To me, I, I agreed with Shannon in the whole reprimanding thing, like Heather reprimanding her um, at the hoedown however many years ago, because like, yeah, Shannon was a little late and blah, 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 whatever. Like, and Heather kind of made it a big thing. Here, th this was your fault, Shannon. Like, you sh like the, it, was not, it was not the right thing to do to just like not respond to that text. I know you saw that text. In, in my opinion, Shannon was wrong in both cases. Because there is no excuse other than I'm in the hospital and unconscious or my phone died as to why you can't communicate. That's true. You can always send a text and say, I'm running late. You can always send a text and say, I'm sorry, I won't be at the event. And it should never be later than someone gets a chance or later than you know, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second you know you're going to be late, you let somebody know. The second you know you're not going to be attending, you let somebody know. And the fact that she didn't communicate the first time at the hoedown, and then this time she didn't communicate until 20 minutes. Like, that's such a slap in the face, the 20 minutes beforehand. Fuck you. Just yeah. don't text me. At that point, yeah. Just don't show up. Yeah. Tamara's looking up info for the girls. This was so staged, by the way. She's like, wait a minute. I got, I got to look up the, the hotel or whatever. Wait, I just got this text. Oh, my God. Heather and Terry are selling their home for $55 million. So staged. Yeah, and then we see everyone FaceTiming everyone about it. Because also you can see the reflection of her computer screen in her glasses that she's wearing. The screen did not change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shannon, her confessional. Am I jealous? Yeah. 
<laughs> I love the Shannon asking a question and yeah or no. <laughs> Tamara's like, why so secret? Shannon goes, I feel like everything is secret with her. Shannon, you are not one to fucking talk this season. Oh, I can- I'm, I'm sorry. Who was it talking about things being in the vault or not in the vault or um, not talking about it or talking? Um, mm, I can't remember who that was literally last episode. Okay. Yeah. Tamara in her confession goes, this is when Heather's actress skills really come in and she puts actress in air quotes i'm just like again these digs are so it coming off really mean-spirited and then tamra tells shannon she talks about how you don't talk about your relationship but she doesn't tell us anything no she didn't oh my god you can't like take something someone else said and attribute it to heather heather didn't say shannon need to be needed to be open about her relationship emily did yeah Emily was like, you need to be open and honest just like I am. Heather didn't care whether Shannon was open and honest or not. She just wanted to know one way or another to how to operate. That's not the same thing. At all. Ugh. So much. So um, we go to uh, Jen and Ryan going out to dinner with uh, Jen's mom, meeting Ryan for the first time. Um, She says, Jen, Jen says that her mom knows already about Ryan's past. Right. And that, you know, she was like, are you concerned? And Jen was like, no. And she's like, okay, then. Like, which is, is, is a good way to go about it. I think you need that ally as a parent. You don't need always to like, yeah. you know. I actually, here's the thing. I was, I've been iffy on Ryan this season. Like, I've had moments like, oh, God, you know. I actually thought he came off really well in this dinner. Yeah, I do too. He goes, I'm sure Jen has told you, you know, I wasn't faithful. And that's obviously something I wish I could redo. And then we actually get the backstory of it, which is that he, he, he said he met his ex-wife when he was 13. So they had been, it's been a long-term thing. And he wanted to get a divorce around 40. So they had been together for yeah. a very long time. And basically he's like, I wasn't happy. And, you know, but I wasn't happy with the way that I conducted myself towards the end. So kind of in the same place Jen was. Yeah. Like not knowing how to get out of the marriage. If we're giving them the benefit of the doubt. Not knowing how to get out of the marriage and, you know, doing something that wasn't right in terms of, you know, right in terms of that stuff. It was great to at least hear that. Um, and she, Chris, uh, Kristen, her mom, was basically like, you know, you know, Will, at the end of the day, you know, he's a great father. And, and Ryan's like, yeah, he's an amazing dad. And Kristen goes, Will was a great husband. And Jen goes, he was a good dad. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like, I, I, I am glad that Jen is like we're like, I'm not going to falsely attribute things to him, but the marriage was not good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you need to acknowledge that. Right. 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 And Kristen, her mom then asked like, you know, what are you guys thinking about marriage? And Ryan's like, yeah, that's the plan. Like, you know, ideally if her divorce gets finalized, we can get engaged and married, you know, not soon after. Um, And her mom's like, you got some big shoes to fill, but I think you can do it. And I thought it was sweet. I thought it was a good dialogue, and I thought Ryan came off well, and, mm-hmm. like, it's the best he's come off this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was good. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see, like, how their story progresses. Like, how... Yeah. If it'll end up being long-term. You, you, I think you said, like, you think she, he is going to, like, propose to her. I think, based on that conversation... If the or if the divorce goes through, we will get a, a proposal by the end of the season. Yeah. If yeah. it doesn't go through, then we'll get one next season. 
Probably. Because Jen's not going anywhere. No, it would be crazy if she does. Like, I think the only housewife right now that is on TV that has more of a secured uh, bag than she does is fucking Monica on, on Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they pack up for Mexico um, and are, and all fly out to Playa del Carmen. Shannon and Emily are immediately drinking tequila in the Sprinter van on the way to the hotel. That's a good idea. Um, they start to sort of discuss like splitting up for the rooms and stuff like that. Um, and everyone sort of pairs off. And Heather is like, "Well, can I room with you guys, Emily and Gina?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's fine." And and we, you were like, "I feel bad" because Heather talks about like it felt like fifth grade dodgeball, like yeah, being picked last. Well, because and it, Emily and Gina immediately paired up. And then Jen and uh, Taylor. Taylor paired up. And then it's like, okay, Taylor, you're not a housewife. Sure. Why, are, why, why aren't you the third yeah, in somebody's yeah. room? But also, I, this goes back to, I think they were filming her as a housewife. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're probably testing her and seeing what, what... No, I think that at this point, they thought she would be a housewife. Oh, well, yeah. Because I mean, the that's way what I mean, they though. are... But it, to me, that's not a test. To me, they had given her an orange and then, or at least theoretically, had given her an orange and were like, we're going to treat you as a full housewife through this whole season. And then at the end, when we decide, when we are looking at what we have, then we will decide whether you are going to be a housewife or a friend of. Right. I can't remember if I'm misremembering it, but wasn't the original headline that she was being given an orange and then it like got downgraded? Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. I'd have to think back. Um, they arrive to their suites. Those suites are phenomenal. There's something about the really large window like mm-hmm. in the fr- that just opens everything up and makes it so much more chicer. Um, uh, yes, absolutely. However, I could never have those because anxiety. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because okay. I would see those and go, oh, great. It's the middle of the night. Perfect. There's an axe murderer right outside that that I cannot see because it's dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Shannon puts it, muy, muy bonita. <laughs> Um, they then all head out to dinner. Um, Gina and Heather are talking about like, oh my God, I love the like hanging lanterns. Like it's so cute. But, but basically everyone's now avoiding talking about Heather selling the house. Like mm-hmm. that Tamara's like, it's all everyone talked about like heading into this trip. So it's like, you know, everyone's just like dancing around it. Tamara's like basically like, okay, I want to hear about it. Like, so she introduces it. Tamara, again, much like in like the past episode, Tamara literally says, Heather, tell us about this. And then she doesn't say a word the rest of this dinner. Yep. Everyone else then be, makes the issue and everyone else is fighting. But Tamara then sits back and yeah. does her thing. It's, it's, it's impressive. I'll give her that. But yeah. like, um, Heather's like, you know, there was an NDA, you know, so I couldn't really talk about it that much. And it happened very quickly. Um, Gina's just like, I just cannot believe it. Your event, you didn't say anything to any of us. And Heather's like, because there was an NDA. Like, I don't understand what people don't understand about NDA, non disclosure agreement, sure. which means I cannot disclose about this agreement. I don't, I, do yeah. you need me to explain it some other way? Like, she couldn't talk about it at that event because. It hadn't been finalized. Yeah. Gina says later, because Heather's like, I didn't want it to get out. And Gina's like, well, that implies that, like, we would, we're not good friends enough to where we wouldn't keep it. You weren't the only people at that event. You were, And also, your real housewives, you leak shit 
all the time. Also, this event is not about that. This event is launching a network that is in partnership with other people. She can't just take that over and say, oh, by the way, also we're celebrating the sale of my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and How rude would that be to both Fireside and Mark Cuban that she's partnered with in this event, even though Mark's not there? Yeah, which Gina was like, I, I wanted to meet Mark Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> but like, come on. Like, yeah. there is a clear reason why she didn't bring it up yet that has nothing to do with the fact that she can't trust you hoes. But also, by the way, she can't trust you hoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, I mean, to be honest, I wasn't sure how to discuss it. And I've, I feel like in this group lately, I feel like I, if I say I'm excited, like now I'm bragging. And Gina goes, I feel bummed that you feel that way. And we were both like, oh, okay, at least Gina gets it. And then we cut to Gina's confessional. And she goes, this actually makes me, like, question our friendship. Oh, my fucking God. Like, can you listen to someone and, like, hear what they're saying for, like, and not make it about you? It's really frustrating. Like, it's so for all the For all the accusations that Heather makes everything about her, all, like, <laughs> they really take every fucking, like, monetary thing heather does or doesn't do make it about them and their friendship she could buy a like uh, a pudding cup and it would somehow be about how she's like pretentious yeah and like hates everyone else on the group i don't understand yeah shannon's like i'm happy for you um but i think back to a month ago and you were saying shannon you're just not sharing no she wasn't emily was do they, do they look the same like <laughs> they look like two very different people very different they're both brunettes yeah. Heather says that they, you know, I didn't want this to get out into the press. And Gina's like, but like saying, if you tell me it'll get out to the press, you know, Shannon's like, other people are criticized for not sharing important things. That's all I'm saying. And Heather goes, I share a lot of important things. Heather's like, why are we spinning this as like, like now I don't share stuff. Like what? Like th that doesn't make any sense. Heather then brings up like, you know, oh, well, and then I get told also like, oh, you're staging paparazzi photos. Emily then goes, why do the paparazzi photos bother you so much? Because to me, when I saw them, it wasn't a big deal. And I'm like, Emily, are you dumb right now? Or are you gaslighting? I can't tell. Because like, it's I think it's both. The paparazzi, <laughs> I think it's, with how closely aligned she is with Tamara, I think it's a little bit of gaslighting. Because it's like, how do you not realize that Heather, the paparazzi photos are not the big deal for Heather. It's how Tamara was bringing it up Right. In that conversation. You're not stupid. You know the way Tamara operates. Yeah. Like, uh. Um, and, and Heather says to Emily, because I don't like that connotation directed towards me. And by the way, you've been so unkind to me for weeks. Emily's, Emily's like, I think saying unkind is really unfair. Like, I crack a joke, like, once in a while. You have to be able to take it. Ugh. Oh, really? Should I take the way you treated me at the event? You were a dick, Emily. <laughs> I love when Heather, like, again, they give Heather this vibe of, like, pretentiousness. I love when she's just like, you're an ass. You're a dick. Like, you're, like, I, she really kind of isn't always that prim and proper as people make it out to be. She knows how to just be a housewife and, like. But one thing that she will not stand for is somebody calling someone a cunt. <laughs> That's the only thing. <laughs> Emily goes, I'm sorry. You have fucking HDs everywhere. I made a comment about it. I'm sorry. I get it. I get it. It's your brand. I get it. Um, the waiter, <laughs> they keep going to the waiter talking in Spanish going, this soap opera is good. 
I always love when you have like wait staff or kitchen staff or bar staff or whatever that's commenting on the arguments. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good. Heather's like, well, did you think that behavior was okay at my party? And Emily goes, well, did you think it was okay when I got up and walked away and you said she needs to shut the fuck up and eat her food? And then they just move on to continue fighting with each other. I, w- I honestly was even disappointed at Heather not being like, thanks, Tamara. Like, like Tamara gets off so fucking scot-free this season. I wouldn't have even turned it to Tamara because that's making assumptions, right? I would have then pushed it back on Emily. It's like, oh, well, who carried that bone to you? Well, yeah, have Emily admit. Well, you know who. Like, if you're Heather, you know it's Tamara. But, like, like, because you're the, you're the only one that told Tamara that. Well, but, like, but I mean, Jen was sitting right there too. I guess technically it could have been, but Jen. it's not, but much like Gina at the it's, pumpkin patch, like, right. it's not Jen. It's like, not Jen. Like poor innocent, sweet Jen. Like come on. Um, Heather goes. You were tossing your caviar this way, and Emily goes. I didn't toss my caviar. I gave it to Tamara, and it wasn't a toss. It was a little, but like, and she like, and you had a piece of cucumber hanging out of your mouth like a fruit roll up. Tamara starts <laughs> laughing in her napkin, like trying to. <laughs> And Shannon goes, don't laugh. Don't laugh. (laughs) I love how Shannon's like, no, you can't be mean to her right now. (laughs) Emily goes, it had sand in it. (laughs) I doubt it had sand in it. Like, again, what was she talking about? Like, what, like, like, mom and pop shop, like, like, I don't know. Like, was it salted, maybe? Was there salt on it? And then, yeah. And then this was the biggest reach by Emily. She goes, if I can't crack jokes, why is it okay for you to put cookies on the plate and go, look, Emily, that's your boobs. So it's okay to body shame? What? I was like, that's crazy. That's insane that you were like. Also, she didn't go, look, Emily, it's your boobs. She said something along the lines of, they're big and nice, like your boobs. Yeah. I mean, I know that she was still complimenting or com- commenting on your breasts, but she was complimenting them. Yeah. Heather goes, was it body shaming when you talk about my dolphin training suit? Seriously? And Emily goes, you did look like a whale trainer. Sorry. She did look like a whale trainer. Yeah. And Shannon's in her confessional goes, who gets upset saying that they look like a thin trainer in a wetsuit? I'm like, but then why is this being passed only on Heather? Heather wasn't mad about, th- Heather's not really mad about the suit comment. It's, she's just making it a retort to Emily's ridiculous comment about the cookies being body shaming or whatever the fuck. Also, she was mad about you making fun of her for not wanting to expose her body on national television. Yeah. It's just like that, like, she, this feels coordinated with like yeah. Tamara, Shannon, and Emily. It like, you know, and, and especially after that lunch where Shannon like kind of forced Emily to be like, you're with me or you're against me, essentially, right. kind of. Like, I think that's what's happening. Emily then brings up that the day, you know, the day before you said I was in Shannon's room at BravoCon and she had a lot of crappy things to say about you guys. And Shannon's like, Heather wasn't even in my room. Like, th- but H- Shannon's almost saying it as if Heather's lying. And it's like, right. but not piecing together like that doesn't make any sense. Right. And Heather goes, that's bullshit. I never said that. Heather's like, I am tired of being the scapegoat for everything. And Emily's like, how are you the scapegoat if that is what you said? Like, being so definitive that this was what was said. Well, yeah. I mean, and we see that a lot, though. People will present a lie as the truth and then as, as, a, as a fact and then ask a question based on that. Like, so you get 
backed up in a corner where you don't even have the chance to dispute their lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You then have to defend yourself on the question that's based on their lie. And, like, this happens a lot in politics. It happens a lot on housewives. Like, we, we see it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Gina in her confessional. I was in the room when Heather made that comment, but I was pretty sure she said it was Tamara, not Shannon. But I was getting my hair blown out. But also then, Gina, why didn't you speak up? Why didn't you speak up either right now at this table in Mexico or even at the party when Emily was first bringing up being mad about yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Heather goes, by the way, I don't care what you think. And Emily goes, I don't care what you think either. And uh, Heather goes, I have an incredibly nice friend to you. And all you do is want to look for some hole. <laughs> and Gina like cracked up because I think she thought of it as a sex joke. Uh-huh. She's like, I'm held to a different standard. And Emily goes, you aren't held to any, any standard. You get to be pretentious. You get to be a juror. You get to be self-centered. You get to be egocentric. And we all just have to be like, well, that's Heather. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but you do that with everyone. I don't know. And Heather's like, just because you say something emphatically doesn't make it true. And she puts like emphasizing with her hands. And then Emily goes, well, just because you do this with your hands doesn't make it true either. And as much as she was wrong... She ate with she that. She ate with that. I that's I was telling you that. I was like, Emily is wrong in this argument, but she is holding her own in fighting. Yeah. Like I, I appreciated that. Well, she is a lawyer. Yeah. Lest we forget. Heather and I was gonna say they're the two most educated people to sort of go against each other yeah. in like that regard, at least. And then we finish by cutting to the waiter in Spanish again, going, This is gonna take a while. <laughs> and that's how we've kicked off the Mexico trip for Orange County. Really good episode overall. Um, yeah, I'm, we're firming Team Heather, and I feel like, like I, I think I said it on, yeah, we said it on Twitter that, like, they really miscalculated. They thought Heather was going to be the full villain this oh, season. Oh, yeah. And I don't think the audience thinks that. I, oh, absolutely not. Yeah. By and large, people are, like, sniffing out the bullshit. Yeah, they're filming the reunion as we speak today, so I, I think I'm most interested to see how that plays out. That's the oh, most. Yeah. Where are they filming? Are they in California? In LA, probably. Okay. Yeah, that's the most interested I, I am in terms of like how a reunion's going to turn out in terms of like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. All right, we got a uh, pretty big week this week. Uh, we can talk about four different cities. We got Atlanta. We've got New York, we've got Salt Lake City, and we've got OC. What are you thinking for tops and bottoms, babe? Um, I'll start with my bottom. Okay. Um, from my, some inclination, I keep going to Marlo. Like I think there. I mean. <laughs> yeah, on the rewatch, I was really annoyed with Marlo more than anything. Like I think I there is sort of a both like the obnoxiousness that we kind of talked about that doesn't really read as like entertaining to me. Right. And then also just like you know being so not reserved, but like being so quiet in moments and like being like, it's one thing to make the shady comment underneath and the making of the confessional, but then you need to come to the reunion and be honest and open. Like I, like to me, like I, I see Garcelle get pegged with that a lot of being like, well, you're the confessional person that just says in the confessionals. It's like, but at the come reunion time and come all that, she says shit to people's faces. Garcelle does it in the season too. She famously told, uh, Erica. Erica, that she could do battle by herself. Right, right, right. But I, that's what I mean. Like, like Marlo doesn't do that. Marlo, right. I think I hate people who then put on one energy in one situation than that in another. And I get that it's housewives, so you're going to have characters that are naturally fake. But it's just I don't know. I, I, 
it just is a testament to why I haven't been feeling her this season. And like, it's like she blew her wad at the very beginning with the whole candy stuff, candy stuff, and like screaming at Drew and all of that, and then just lost her mojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like there's someone who can fill that antagonistic position better. Yeah, I think we've seen that across you know other franchises. Um, my top for this week though, I'm gonna give it to Mary Cosby. Mm-hmm. I have missed Mary so freaking much on this show, and I haven't even realized it. She is a complete mess as always. She's <laughs> insane. Like, but also, but it was great seeing her being all those things, and then also seeing her drive story. Like, she, I, I think a lot of people were worried that she's going to be very detached this season, which I think you know we'll see in the moments like where she's like, I don't want to throw snowballs at each other. It's stupid. Like, <laughs> but like in the moments that matter, in the moments that the audience cares about. She's there. She's there to, like, you know, get the answers out of Heather about, you know, the whole stuff with Jen. She's there to sort of, like, pry with these certain questions. And I think that is what is needed. I think it's great having her be the vehicle in which to do that. So, and I I didn't necessarily think she would be the one to do that. So, it was good to see. Uh, How about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms for the week? I'm going to start with my bottom. Um, which is an entire cast of characters minus one person. So it's going to be all of the New York uh, housewives mm-hmm. minus Jenna. Yeah. Featuring Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> because the way that they treated Jenna, like, and ganged up on her, like, it, it's mostly Aaron's fault. Aaron took that shit back, but they all had this preconceived uh animosity towards Jenna that allowed them to believe that bullshit right. when Aaron brought it and it's just it wasn't deserved and it's just it went past being shady and moved into a felt a place that felt like bullying and felt like it just felt and gross I, and i hate that word but it's it's really apt i think like it but Jenna like held her own i'm holding off on calling her my my top of the week because i think she's going to get activated here in the next couple weeks yeah, yeah. and i i want to wait until she really comes into her own because i think she's gonna ha- let these girls have it and like shove them off the balcony or something <laughs> and it's gonna be amazing and it's i i'm i can't wait for it i'm very excited to see it um but yeah uh, the rest of those girls, that was that was some nasty work, yeah. and I that it turned my stomach watching that. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what the the only thing that had my jaw on the ground this this week, which was the fact that we did not know who Monica was mm-hmm. until we heard it in confessionals, somehow. The cast and production and everyone came together and said, we're not telling a single motherfucker who this is. Like, I, it didn't come out. Like, I don't remember it being in the court file. And, like, I wasn't pouring over the court files sure, yeah, either. Yeah. But, like, but nobody would keep them secret. I would nobody think. out there was. Well, no, because the, the trials already happened and she oh, like yeah, all yeah. of that stuff. So, like, that's in public record. Right. Right. So, like, nobody went in there and found out that Monica from testifying is the same Monica that got cast 
in the show. Nobody did that. We didn't have that story running in the tabloids. We didn't have it on the blogs. We got to find this out watching the show. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is like, it's bringing, brought back that excitement for Housewives again. And it it's something that we've really been missing with like Scandal breaking so early. Like we were robbed of getting to watch Vanderpump and find out at the end yeah. that that happened. Like, can you imagine watching that whole season of Vanderpump? And then we see that final episode after what we think was the rap party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And like, what if we didn't know about Drew and Ralph filing for divorce until we got that March 3rd thing, you know, like if we had gotten to experience those things as the show is like acting like we experienced them, Mm -hmm. it's like we all got spoiled. We all got the spoilers ahead of time. And then we don't like, it's not special. It's not jaw dropping. It's not exciting to see it happen at that point. It's just, oh, this is the thing that we've seen already. It's like, because we're already hearing about shit happening in Jersey as it's filming. And I'm yeah. tired. I, I know. I don't know. I also think it's a sign that things aren't that interesting sometimes when they start, like, releasing that kind of stuff and that, that conjecture and that, oh, maybe this is happening, blah, 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 blah. Like, it, I mean, maybe, but it's just, it's, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know about it. I want to be, I want that sense of surprise and wonder. And we got that, that this week. Yeah. Because I, I've never watched Housewives and had my jaw hit the ground like it did today, finding out that Monica was the one who turned Jen in. Not anybody else. Monica called the Secret Service and said, come pick this bitch up. She just <laughs> tried to get me to get in on this scheme. She said I'd make a $600,000 a year, but I got to put all this weird shit in my name and sign this stuff. And they were like, nah, don't do that. You just just back away slowly. We'll be in there in two months to pick her up. Really? Really? And we got to find that out live with everyone else. That was a really cool, really special moment. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. <laughs>